People are telling their real-life convention experiences of games they've played in, LARPs they've played in, LARPs they've run, games they've run, all the things in between. Um, and it can be a little, a little haphazard, but very wholesome and uh, joyous underneath. Um, or even happy hazard. Happy hazard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shush. Okay, not, not you listeners, you're wonderful. Um, so, uh, if, this is not a great sample of what our usual show was like, but it is a great Great episode, um, always, and very entertaining. If you can follow what's happening, which is not always guaranteed. So we're going to start off. This is a Friday through Monday convention. We're recording this on Saturday night, so we're going to go through with our audience participating and sharing games that we've played in, games that we've run, all the things. If you have things to pitch or talk about, please feel free to come up and talk about them. Um, so who ran or played in a game on Friday? Oh, wow. Okay. Lots of people. <laughs> All right, uh, Dave, do you want to start? Okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, on Friday evening, I didn't run a game, but I played in an amazing LARP um, written by a very old friend, Dave Kazay, that many of you have heard us talk about before. Um, he's so old. He, he's, he is like the sands of time. <laughs> a withered of a man has emerged to produce a pirate LARP from the wilds of Oregon. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, uh, he wrote a game called Dead Man's Wake, uh, as demonstrated upon the shirt of my neighbor. Um, in a, you will see in a tiny, distant shot. Uh, but um, he... It says Dead Man's Wake. Yeah. From Monkey Fun Studios. Yes. Uh, the, the entirety of the game is not publicly available yet. He is currently continuing to work on it. Uh, one of the most fabulous piles of ideas for a pirate game I've ever encountered. Um, and for many people attending, our first LARP experience, uh, which was a delight. It really was. Uh, he went through the process of creating 60-ish storylines for the game. Because 63 we... characters, each with their own storylines. It was awesome. Yeah. Everybody got an envelope with your character information, your goal for the evening, uh, a set of cards that determined what you were able to accomplish if it came to a conflict. Uh, it was a lot. Um, and many people also got additional props and additional things to play around with. Um, I was told that my prop was too long to fit in his bag on the airplane. Um, <laughs> And he's not wrong on any account, but um, it was because my character had spent a year in the port of Nassau uh, with my crew because our captain had been elected to protect the pirate fort uh, from the British in town. Um, and I didn't have a lot to do in town except drink at the local establishment. Uh, so my bar tab was extensive. So typecasting? And no, it's... <laughs> He knows me, and he knows that I'm like Jack Nicholson, right? If you go see sure. a Jack Nicholson movie, he's always playing Jack Nicholson. True. If yeah. you want me to play in your game, I'm going to play me in your game, and it's going to be fun. I'm going to have a good time. I don't know about you, but that's the important part for me. Uh, so uh, my goal was to pay off this incredible bar tab, and the bar tab was apparently 100 sheets long. <laughs> Uh, so he was like, no, nah, it, it was a funny joke, but for 30 seconds, I don't need to check a bag. <laughs> so I went, yeah, you're right. Uh, oh, God. Um, but, uh, I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. 
Many of us showed up with extensive costuming, as you will soon see. Um, foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> For shame. Yeah, but uh, he had four different pirate vessels and captains and crews. He had a British garrison uh, staffed by British war reenactors. A freaking red coat. Uh, <laughs> like they real, came like in a, a full coat. uniform. Yeah. Um, he had an organized system for people that died, but no one died because people kept finding magic potions to bring them back to life. Uh, or they was, used non-lethal damage. Sure, yes. There were many people that tried not to kill. Uh, for example, at one point, my vessel, not, I was not a captain, I was a quartermaster, but my cruise ship was lit aflame. Uh, and I was... And, and I was informed that perhaps the British might have some information about that. So I went to ask them, and they told me, well, you know, if anyone here is prone to arson, it's the French. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, all right. I don't think I've encountered any French people in this game so far, but I'll ask around. And I did, and then a, a nice young lady was playing the, in the game that I'd, I'd had no interaction with, and someone pointed her out to me as... A French woman, and I went. Well, I, I I didn't expect that she would have been the arson, but perhaps. So I walked up to her and I said, "Pardon me, Madame. Do you have a tendency to light fires?" <laughs> and her response oh, was, "Perhaps," <laughs> which was enough for the drunk guy to say, "Obviously, she has tried to burn down our vessel." So Clear. this, this hatched our entire crew on a murderous plot to find this French noblewoman and kill her as vengeance. But she kept hanging out in the British garrison, upon which my crew had decided the only way we could do this safely is if you go and lure her to the bar with promises of a free drink, and then we'll charge in as a whole crew and murder her. <laughs> Pirates. Right. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea either. I've literally just paid one-fifth of my bar tab. I don't think the bartender is going to like it if I cause a murder in his establishment. And they said, we'll worry about that later. Just go do it. <laughs> Luckily for me, the game ended at that point. We ran out of time. <laughs> so, Saved by the bell. <laughs> yes, my, indeed, my, my horrible French murder plot never came to fruition. But it was, it was a bunch of fun, and... As intricate as a thing could be without it becoming just a shit show. Uh, it was like watching uh, watch parts rotate around each other in a very expensive watch, and it was so much fun. Well, let's uh, start with the queue that's formed on this side who, of people who played in this LARP. Hi, what's your name and what makes you famous? Um, hi, my name is Adam, and I'm famous for being on Happy Jack's RPG Network. <laughs> uh, no, hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry if you tuned in tonight to see Trinity's Wake, my mage 20th anniversary edition actual play, um, and got this instead. <laughs> um, this will actually be less chaotic, I think, so it's okay. Um, I'll try to keep it short because I get to talk to you guys all the time. Uh, but, but yeah, this, was, this LARP was fantastic. Um, what are you doing? You leave me alone, Jason. Um, <laughs> No. Um, so, yeah, this LARP was fantastic. This was my first LARP post 
college days. Um, oh. And yeah, and when I say college days, I mean the 90s. So when we were first playing Vampire uh, Mind's Eye Theater. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> let's say 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, only 10 years ago, because I'm 30. Um, <laughs> I'm not 30. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so this was my first LARP as like a real grown up instead of just a college grown up. And, uh, and it just like really restored my joy of LARP. Uh, it was like so many great people, like in character. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I was playing a French uh, uh, royalist. A spy. French? <gasps> yeah, surprise. But he kept um, it on the download. But the I whole kept time. it on the download because I was masquerading as an Italian nobleman. And uh, so, so not only did I do my bad Italian accent, but it was still better than a lot of people's accents of whatever they were doing. So nobody realized hey. that I was a spy. Hey! <laughs> it was not better than Kurt's uh, 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 what was, Castilian. Castilian accent. No, that one, that one took the cake. Uh, sorry, took the I tried. cake. Uh, the cake? <laughs> took the cake. <laughs> <flan. laughs> yeah, took the flan. The sake. Yeah, the fake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's <the>, it. <laughs> um, so, anyway, but it was, yeah, it was a tremendous amount of fun. I could have played for another couple of hours. Uh, we had so many plots going, so many different things going on. It was, it was just a blast to really get to indulge in these characters and see what was going on. And there was so much stuff that none of us knew was happening. Um, even, like, while we were just down at dinner a while ago, uh, Dave Kazay, who ran the thing, came up to our table with me and Dave and uh, Joey and Brian and our friend Brandon. And, and, was, and Kazay was like, tell me about the French plot that was happening. <laughs> I had no idea this was going on. And we talked, uh, and so like we explained to him this whole storyline that was going on. He had set it up. He get, he put all the elements there, but then like he had no idea that what we were all doing with it. And so, so it was, it's been really fun. I've caught up with a couple of people all through the day being like, oh, hey, yeah, I saw you yesterday. We played in the LARP and like here was this thing going on. And we're like, oh my God, that's awesome. And I'm like, the guy who was trying to kill me, I accidentally got killed instead. And then we rescued the French girl that Dave needed to seduce. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, it was all in good fun. And it was a blast. So, yeah. So, who are you and what makes you famous? I passed the microphone back and forth between cool people. Oh, Because oh, uh, I thought it was uh, you were Golden Annie Award winner. <laughs> Kimmy Hughes. We're going to edit that part out. Okay. Never live that down. Uh, so, who are you? <laughs> So I'm sorry. We have uh, the glory that is this uh, stunning elven outfit, which elven. look well. I don't know. Whenever, whatever. It's come on, you know. Elven has left the building. Maybe not today. <laughs> but it will be at some. Point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the ears to pull off elf. So uh, who are you? And please tell us about your LARP experience. Yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Joey. You know me. I am that jerk who seduces everybody on Happy Jacks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one for one so far. Hey. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, I played in the LARP wearing this outfit, which it's fine. He hasn't made. You're it. taking <laughs> his booze away from him. That is rude. Wow. No, that's just good. That's impressive. Wow. The real pirate, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I got to playing this game. I was the uh, certified guild member of the Navigators Guild aboard the Chanticleer, uh, captained by, I don't know, some guy you might know, Captain William Black. I don't know, you might hear from him later, I don't know. Uh, anyway, my whole gig was we discovered that there was a navigator who was killed in Tortuga, and my job was to get his charts back, because charts are better than anything in the world. I made the rookie mistake of trusting the first navigator I spoke to, be like, hey, have you heard about this murdered navigator and his lost charts? And he's like, no, but I'll help you look. Little did I know, he was the one who murdered him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I fucked myself right in the beginning. Uh, that takes time. I waste no time. <laughs> but I managed to work around and get a like side success where I got other charts to return to the guild that I thought were the real charts. So really, it's a wash. Um, the greatest thing about it, though, was between the outfit and my accent and my fancy-ass glass, people thought I was a French nobleman. People thought I was part of the British Navy. People thought I was everything except an English pirate, <laughs> which helped our group a lot because our ship was broke as fuck. <laughs> so I would just tell people, of course we have money. Look how I'm dressed. We're great. You should absolutely join our crew. Uh, so I did what I did best and bullshitted my way through a LARP. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And now I will pass it now over, I guess, back to Kimmy if she's done with my drink. Are you done with my drink? Okay. How dare you? It was good. <laughs> I know, I I regret nothing. <laughs> All right, and now we have uh, someone else. I, I hear you, you're, you're captain? I can't some sort. Who are you? Whatever, you know who I am. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Bill Roper. Yay! Yay! Uh, yeah, so I had a huge stretch. I played Captain William Black. Remember, his son's fair character. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I had to play my horribly large British accent for the entire evening. Big stretch. Thank goodness the family wasn't there because they're tired of it. I just walk around the house like this all the time. Um, and it was great. Uh, Kimmy and I on one show talked about us doing a LARP sometime. We're like, we're yeah, going to do a LARP. It's going to be great. Okay, sorry, I can't wait to do it. It'll be great. Let's do it together. Yeah, and you were somewhere else, and I did one. Ha, <laughs> so, so now I got in a costume for oh, my Renaissance for a costume that barely counts. But in any case, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, boy, they built a rich town. At one point, Joey came up, and he's like, Captain, I just, there's a talking skull in a bag. And I'm like, and, and there was, like that, I don't know, the 30th thing I'd heard that was happening. I'm like, there are more threads in this tapestry than like, good God. Right? It was just ridiculous. But yes, as uh, Joey pointed out, our ship, the Chanticleer, uh, I, we had three crew, plus me. Like, Chris's ship had like eight crew. Everybody else had more crew. Uh, our ship was damaged for being in battle, and we had no provisions and no money. So it was like, well, we can't outfight anyone, and we can't outrun anyone, so let's go out espionage everyone. <laughs> so I think I started by going to Chris's character, who was a captain, who had just been uh, there in the fort and said, like, uh, like oh, how's it been? Has it been terrible? I can't wait to see. Like, you know, I've heard that Bathory's back. And so, like, since he's just That would come be back, one of the other captains, one of the Captain other captains, Bathory. Four captains. It's like, perhaps he should be here. She's like, that sounds great. Then I went to Bathory and I said, I think that Bess has done a fantastic job. We should keep her here. <laughs> so they're at each other. And then I wait and don't talk to the Spaniard for almost the entire time, which was Kurt, um, until near the end. And we start chatting. And then I was like, so who do you, thi who do you think it should be? And you were like, oh, I think Bath, you're like, that's good, good, take a lead, that's good. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be first, and I'm pretty sure it looks like we're going to have enough votes to get Bathory, which was Oscar, out. And then all kinds of crazy things happen, and like, uh, as everybody noted, like, so much un unfolding. And the beauty of the French plot, 
that happened is at one point, Harry, who was one of the guys on my crew, came up and he's like, Captain, Captain, I have a question for you. And then the symbol, if you put your hand over your heart, like the Pledge of Allegiance, that meant you were out of character. He said, I went up to Dave and I asked, because uh, I heard that there was a lot of provisions on the blood hag, which was Bess's ship. He says, like, so I asked if I could go steal any. And he, of course, being a yes and GM, was like, yes. If you want to do that, come back and tell me. And then he takes his hand and like, but I wanted to check with you first, Captain. And I was like, that sounds great. Two things. One, don't get taught, don't get caught. <laughs> Two, if you can, incriminate another crew. <laughs> so he talks to Dave, and then he's just gone from the floor for a while. And then he came back and walks up to me and says, and I'm standing in the barn, and he's like, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I said, I love a sentence that starts that way. Continue, lad. And he said, so I got these provisions, and he shows the, these cards. He's like, but I knocked a torch over. And so the ship's on fire. I'm like, great, tell no one. All right? And Dave will have to fill in the other funny part of this. But then about maybe two or three minutes later, Dave's character comes running. He's like, well, Captain, Captain, the no. ship's on fire. So the part, the, the, the way I was informed I, that I discovered the fire was out of character, hand over my heart, I was going to use the restroom. And I'm walking out of the room and I run into Dave just outside the door and he goes, what's going on? And I was like, I'm just going to hit the head. I'll be right back. And he goes... Well, very good. When you come back, tell your captain that your ship is on fire. And I was like, this seems like something I should go back and say before I relieve myself. But, uh, all right. And he goes, no, no, no hurry. It'll burn for a while. So Dave came running in. The ship's on fire. Everyone's talking. And just, like, at one point, uh, 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 a Bathory ship was stolen somehow. I'll let Kurt talk about how that happened. And just, you, you could tell that, that there was such a wonderfully open-ended setting that they had created for this. People were immediately coming up with things that it would make sense to do, and then having to go to Kazay and say, can I do this really crazy thing? And he'd be like, oh, yes! And then invent mechanics on the fly. Um, so it was great. It was, it was a wonderful time, and uh, by the end, everything worked out, and uh, all of us got to go to see except for Bathory. <laughs> um, so it was fabulous. Yeah, it was a great time. Amazing, amazing. More stories about this LARP? I know, you've got some. Well, yeah, so I was one of the other captains. I was Don Capitan Aldo Vázquez of El Caballo Blanco. Who evidently had, like, killed me. Uh, I wasn't yeah. playing the LARP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was a little secret that I had, because most, if not all, of the characters had secrets. My secret was that during a fight with the French... I had killed our quartermaster and thrown her overboard to usurp total power over the ship and made it look like the French killed her. And this would only come to light if Kimmy walked into the room because that was her <laughs> character. And Kimmy didn't show up, so thank you, I'm fine. <laughs> it makes sense that you have to kill me to get power, though. <laughs> That's, that tracks. <laughs> Yeah, wh <coughs> yeah where, where is Stu these days? <laughs> no. uh, as, as I understand, that is, that is how you get uh, an advancement in Happy Jack. <laughs> that is how you get the yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. there can be only one. Yeah, exactly. Only one. Uh, but uh, so the other thing, of course, is I, I Dave tapped me for this character, I don't know, a couple months ago and said, I think this would be really, really good for, uh, for you to play because of your experience with the... the 
uh, the, the Machiavellian aspects of vampire and such, and I'm like, oh, okay, what am I being signed up for? He's like, you're going to be one of the pirate captains. You're going to be uh, Don Vasquez. And I'm like, wait, hold on. You're having me, one of the whitest people on the planet, play someone <laughs> Hispanic? He's like, no, 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 he's Spanish. Spanish. Okay, all right, fine. I'm okay with this. All right, I, I, can, I can pull this off. So I spent the last six weeks working on a really bad Castilian accent. Um, and, uh, and he said, oh, and you're going to be opposite Bill Roper. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, and he said, oh, and, and I told him about the Castilian accent. He's like, okay, cool. By the way, uh, you have, your ship has uh, relieved another ship of an entire car- cargo load of molasses. Of which you have to very you have slowly. To send, you have to send, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to send eighty percent back to your king, but you get to keep twenty percent for yourself to resell for your own profit. I'm like, you did this just because I said I was going to speak Castilian, didn't you? So I went around most of the night saying, "Hello, do you have any need for some high quality molasses <laughs> for excellent for making of excellent rum?" <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, broke a few people on first hearing it. <laughs> broke a couple people. So, uh, but uh, I stuck to it, damn it. I absolutely stuck to it all night. Uh, also stuck to wearing a really hot leather trench coat the entire night and sweating my ass off. Um, but all, all, all fun. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Chris's character and I got to, uh, uh, figured out that um, we would, we would vote for either Captain Black or Captain Bathory to take over at the fort. And um, uh, we, at one point, we were like, you know, what would be great? At one point, we, what we realized is that Captain Bathory, Captain Bathory, if he didn't have a ship to sail away on... That is not why we did it. No, that was the justification after the fact. But, but my crew comes up to me and says, hey, what do we, why, why do we just steal their ship? Nobody's on it. Because all of the, the, the ships were being represented, we thought, by these little name cards on the tables. So uh, Brian, Brian comes up to me and says, why don't we just take the ship? Hi, who are you? Uh, Brian Suskind. I'm Happy Jacks Jason. No, I, so, <laughs> and I no say that, I'm the Happy Jacks Jason. Oh, no, adjacent. His hair is better colored than mine. I, I can't win against that. No, I, I got to give Dave Gizay a lot of props because like, I went to him and said, so, because they had these big round tables with these little placards, and Captain Bathory kept leaving his ship unattended, and I went, I mean, if that's the ship, I mean, people could pick up a table. And so I went to Dave and said, so if I were to steal the ship, can we just steal the ship? And he's like, what, you mean the placard? No, I said, no, no, like the, the table. And he goes, uh... I guess. <laughs> and, I, and I said... It's well, like because, a six-foot round, yeah. six-foot wide I'm round like, table. I'm like, not by myself. Like, like the whole crew would do it. Yep. And, and he's like, I don't know, but I'd really like to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I gotcha. So Brian comes up to me yeah. and says, Here, here's the plan. I'm like, all right, so first of all, just to make this more reasonable, we're going to move our ship, our ship to a different sloop, or a different uh, slip, so that there's literally, there was room. literally <laughs> more room to move the table out. And then I go up to Chris and I said, so uh, we this idea. You have the largest crew here. Do you think that you can distract the crew of the Avarice, which was the ship that we were going to be stealing, so that while my crew takes their ship? And she's like, I love it. I'm in. <laughs> and so, so, the, so the other two, there's myself and two other crew members, we're kind of sitting by our table watching Bathory's crew and waiting. Like, is he moving? No, okay, he's still there. Wait, 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 wait. And like, 
<laughs> some very people would like walk up and we'd kind of kick chairs out of the way, like <laughs> subtly, like because we knew we'd fall over them. And finally, like they all went off to one corner to discuss something. We went, "No, no, do it now." We just lifted up and walked it out, <laughs> lifted it up against the wall, folded the table up, and walked back. <laughs> and we took the placard and then we kept it like like in our basically like the little Cheser chest on the table. And we kind of kept it in there. We renamed the ship and and then when someone went. My God, the avarice has been stolen. We went, oh, that's mysterious. <laughs> that is, that is so unfortunate. That is a terrible thing for the captain to run into. I guess now that he uh, can't leave, he has to take the fortress. Well, originally, yeah, originally like, we thought, well, we could steal it and like, sell it back to him. But then the whole fortress thing came up. Well, oh, that's much better. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Did you, anyone else want to talk about the LARP? As a person that was on the crew of the Blood Hag that was the distraction... I didn't get any of that. <laughs> I was just told by my captain, Dave, go, go, go be loud. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay, about what? And she goes, just go over there and talk to people. Do your thing. And I went, oh, okay. Uh, and then I went over there, literally just going, does anyone have any money? <laughs> I need some money. I'm willing to work, but I, my price is not very high. <laughs> there's, the, there's the coda to all this, which is then when you came running back in and saying, our ship's on fire, everybody's like, oh, that's impossible. We've been at our ship the whole time. It can't be on fire. And I went, I had to go to Dave and say, I have a rules clarification. These are our tables in the hotel, because they had all set up like we're in a hotel. These aren't our ships. Our ships are actually like, out in slips somewhere, right? And he's like, yes. I'm like, you might want to go clarify that to the room because of the whole table maneuvering <laughs> thing. Yes. Then people were like, oh, oh, the tables are our ships. It was like, no, Dave just had them do that for like a degree of difficulty <laughs> so they might get, like, someone could see it go like, oh, wait, wait, what are they doing? And then like, they'd be getting caught, which caused all kinds of weird confusion. So I think after the fact, I'm sure Dave was keeping copious notes, like, figure out if in this scenario how to <laughs> represent actual ships. Because at one point, we got really concerned about our ship, shocker. Oh, yeah. Same. Same. Um, and... Uh, I think you turned off the... No, just get closer to it. Okay. Is that better? Like, you know. <laughs> like, like, an, like an ice cream cone. Like an ice cream cone, yes. Like an ice cream cone. Oh, let's get the sticks, boys. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, so that was for you in Pacoima. Um, so then basically, I'm sure he was taking all these different notes on how to represent that. But at one point, Harry was like, look, I'm going to stay with the ship. And for, I swear, the last 35 or 40 minutes of the session, he took a chair out by, by the exit and just sat in it. And that was him being on our ship the whole time. So if he tried anything, they go, nope, I had a man on the ship. And then at one point, uh, Tyler went and said, he's like, I'm going to see if he needs to be relieved. I'm going to relieve him. <laughs> he goes, Tommy, he's like, oh, no, I'm good here. <laughs> he just was like hanging out, watching everything while participating. And so we, we found wood to repair the ship. Like, oh, see my man. He's on my ship. So it was great. It was very funny. And Dave obviously had to figure stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love the fact that Harry was given a stuff mission. I, I know Harry from other LARPs. Harry is like six foot eight and weighs like 350 pounds. He is an enormous man. And the fact that he was doing a stealth mission was the most hilarious thing in the world to me. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was. And then we just and then we just started. 
And then we just started uh, random rumors about, oh, I heard that the English may have taken the avarice. I heard that the, that the harbor master may have taken the, I heard that the harbor master is working with the English. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Wow. I'm tired just listening. It's amazing. Actually, oh, I do so have a story fun. about this LARP. So I'm sitting at my table in the dealer room, like minding my own business, hopefully selling some things. And uh, this, the, Kurt Potts comes running by as a pirate and like, Frantic is like, hey, have you seen the scroll that says something? <laughs> and I'm just like, no. <laughs> What's happening? Are you okay? Why are you I'm a pirate? I'm not a part of this. Yeah, it's very confusing. Like, I knew there was a pirate LARP going on because I'd seen a bunch of my friends in costume, but just like them running frantically through the dealer hall in some kind of scavenger hunt had me a little baffled. Just like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't. That, bye. <laughs> So that was my, my contribution to this LARP was a no. <laughs> so thank you. Um, all right. That sounds amazing. Uh, I can't wait to see what Dave does with that yeah. and like the next incarnation He, he, he talked it. about uh, in a year and a day finding out how Captain Bathory may have survived his year serving as the head of the fort, which means I think he's maybe looking at running it at OrcCon 2025. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I don't that'd know if cool. he's looking at running it at uh, Gateway or at uh, whatever the one in, in May is called, the Game Mix. Uh, but, I, yeah. Sounds like it would take at least a year to recover from running such a thing. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Amazing. Okay, anyone else run any or play anything on Friday? I did. Okay, that's fine. Right. Why don't we start with you, Jay? Yes, please. Yes. So, hi, Jay. Who Hello. are you, and what makes you famous? Uh, I am Jay, also known as Newfet3 in the socials. And why I am famous is I am also a Happy Jacks uh, adjacent. Uh, since three of the Happy Jacks have been in several of my <laughs> games online, and there are more to call upon. Yes, there is. We are um, a lot. <laughs> Yeah, tell your I'm things. I'm getting there. <laughs> Patience. Uh, you so are old. I have a okay, okay, okay. Bill, some men take time with things. Oh! <laughs> We're sorry, Elspeth. As I was saying, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, so I have a Twitch channel, um, like most of it, but the Emporium for the Wayward Gamer. Uh, it is, we also have YouTube and merch and a whole bunch of other stuff, and we are a small channel, but we are a bunch of friends that like to have fun. We play primarily Star Wars, uh, the Shadowport Adventures, which is basically the universe of my games, which I've been running for about four years now. Uh, we also have some D&D. Uh, &D. We've got uh, Pathfinder 2E, our infamous Legends of the Natural Ones, which I am an evil, wonderful, creative GM and have been, uh, let's just say, when my players say, fuck you, Jay, I smile. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to work. Yes. Um, but other than that, I, I do charity events and do other things and come to cons, and this is my first Orc Con. So I'm, I'm so happy being here. Uh, this is exciting. I saw the LARP last night just from a standby or from a, a sideline. It was awesome. Uh, I've been running games. Sorry. I've got a handy. But. Uh, Switch chairs with me. Switch chairs with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this is awesome. I love 
coming to Canada, I love running games, meeting new people, and just sharing games, and, and just making new friends. And that's what loved being here. So, uh, I ran Shadowport Adventures, uh, uh, Outer Rim Tales, and uh, Mercenary Tales. Um, and basically, like I said, Shadowrun, uh, or excuse me, uh, Shadowport Adventures is the Star Wars universe that I run. I have everything from Oops All Jawas to uh, Slug Games to Savage, or excuse me, uh, Salvage Operations. I mean, there's just, a, I've got about 15 plus uh, original uh, adventures that I write. And yesterday was the um, Gungan Spit episode. <laughs> Actually, that was today's episode. So today's Go episode. Brian Blessed. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So Friday was our, my. Um, I'm remembering. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I ran a um, a, a temple basically heist type game and also uh, um, basically the plot of the story is individuals would go, they encountered uh, a ship that's being damaged and then all of a sudden the guy on the ship, they're, they're being hunted by pirates and attacked by pirates and uh, the guy has a, a, an artifact for a, an ancient hut temple and it leads into a, an Indiana Jones type situation of Figuring where traps are, you know, avoiding traps, avoiding uh, a whole bunch of stuff, and finding the treasure room, and then running out because everything is about to die and fall on them. And do they save the person who brought them, or do they kind of let him go and take everything with him? So what did they do? This particular crew. Yeah, that's fun. They did let him live. Oh, nice. How How <laughs> Unlike my today's game. <laughs> but that is for another story. Uh, so have you run this particular adventure at conventions before? Yes, and multiple times. Um, some charity events as well. Uh, but yeah, I've lot many, many times. So so uh, just like, I'm always curious when people who like, because I'm... I, I generally uh, make up the story on the fly as I run things, and anyone who's run it, because <laughs> anyone who's played Starscape multiple times is like, wow, like, there's not really a pre-written adventure because I haven't written it yet. It was supposed to be written by this game, but it didn't happen. Um, so what is this? Never mind, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> what is the, the strangest thing that's happened with this particular adventure? Um, uh, or maybe not even the strangest, but like the most unexpected as a GM for you. For me? Uh, as, for a loop? Whoa, yeah. Uh, the one that I remember I was running at, for a private game for some friends of mine, uh, it was at uh, GaryCon last year. Mm -hmm. And they decided, you know, this hotshot pilot is like, I'm an awesome pilot. I can do everything I wanted. And the pirate ship was attached to this big ship that they're supposed to go on and save and fight the pirates. But he's like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I want to shoot the ship that's attached to it and do the barrel roll as another ship is following me and make the uh, Maverick, I'm up and let the other ship smack. And I'm like, okay, I'm not sure how I'm gonna do this, but you know what, we're gonna say, roll your, you know, roll your skills and how well you do, we're kind of determined with the other. He rolled a triumph, which is like a critical success. And I'm like, that's exactly what you need, Hotshot. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm that's gonna determine this particular, um, NPCs roll, and if I roll a despair, he smacks. I rolled a despair, which is a critical failure. And it's like, everyone's like, 
Yes. Don't you love it when the dice match the narrative? Oh, it is. <laughs> it, it, I, negative or positive, it's it's yeah. one of those things. It's like it's just great storytelling. Yeah. Now I I'm a huge fan of like the narrative dice with the mm -hmm. the Fantasy Flight games. Yes. I really liked it um, in their L5R adaptation, mm -hmm. and I, I did enjoy it also with the the Star Wars. Um, do you find it's hard to have people at a convention roll those weird-ass dice and understand what they mean? So the funny thing is, 80% of the people that play in my games online at conventions have never played the game before or have only played it once and don't remember the dice system. And um, one of the beauty things that I think I uh, strengthen is bringing in new players to have fun. And we primarily focus on the role-playing, and we'll give an ex explanation of the dice, and it's a lot of information to process, but it's like, okay, this is a yes and. So we'll, we'll work. You've got questions. We'll work together as the, the game goes on. And we basically, we talk about the, you know, the dice systems. We work together. And by about the fifth or uh, sixth time they've rolled the dice, they're now doing it themselves. And it's like they've they're learned a, a little bit on that, oh, that symbol and that symbol. And by the end, it's like, when a, when a group of players have never played the game before, and it's like, I always ask the question, did you have fun? Did, did you, and they say yes. That is it's just basically, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, yes, it's, I did my job as a GM. Yeah, now do you have them actually, do you have enough dice for them to use at the table, or do they use the app? Um, I generally have enough dice, because I've been collecting them over the years. <laughs> and um, yes, so the die, and basically, yeah, I. Some people have brought their own dice, and it's like, you're going to sit on that side of the table, and my dice are here, your dice are there. We're not going to co-mingle. Yeah, they're evidently like worth a lot, because I just found out like I have a whole box of them. Oh, well, su surprisingly, <laughs> like, story is yeah. that up until last month, you couldn't buy them um, because they were out of print. Yeah, and I would have made a lot of money if I'd sold yep. them last week. Yep. Or like a month ago. A month ago, and now they're available. Now they're back in print. Yep. Mm. That's fine. I know. Just yeah, come on, Patreons. No. Gather ye, gather ye rosebuds while you may. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make sure your weird ass dice. Uh, you know what they're worth monetarily. I, I will never not stop calling one of those results the film festival award. <laughs> <laughs> like I got three can. <laughs> yeah, they they do the little the Jedi like try. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It does look like a a, a film festival win. Yeah. Laugh away from the microphone. Okay. <laughs> you will hear from me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. But you will never hear again, Jason. <laughs> I, will not, I will not know the sounds you make. <laughs> awesome. All right. More about this? No? Okay. Um, I, okay. Uh, we would like to invite for a pause our amazing friend, Tomes. Longtime friend of the show uh, who runs Games on Demand for this convention um, and also runs a bunch of amazing gaming communities. We love you. You're awesome. So talk about stuff. Oh, talk about stuff. Uh, this thing's on, right? Yep. Yep. Um, my brain is a little mushy. Do you want to ask me stuff? Oh, yeah. Ask me questions. Yeah, because my brain's not mushy. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about Games on Demand? Um, I know you have a... Um, library of games that people can come and try that includes a weird game called Decima. And um, it's a weird game that people play sometimes. It's Sorry, is that Golden Any Award winning Decima? I always regret <laughs> I mention it. And um, 
but the the cool thing having run some games down there too is like it's it's very freeform and there's a, a lot of options people basically if you haven't signed up for a, a slot for a, one of the on books games um, <laughs> uh, wow. people can uh, <laughs> really distracted. Sorry, Jason was yelling at me about not using the mic correctly, and that's never happened before. Um, <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that process and why you think that's an important uh, like asset to the convention. Sounds great. Okay, now I can go. Um, by the way, a clarification, I do not have a copy of Decima down there. I have two copies of Decima. <laughs> so, just FYI. Uh, any award winning. <laughs> yes. Hey, I won an award? So, Games on Demand is a little department here under RPGs, under that umbrella, and you will find it, like that kind of thing, over in Gen Con and Origins and some other very big conventions. They run it a little bit more structured than we do. Ours is like really loose. A bunch of people just show up, and I go, huh, we've got about 20 people. I guess we'll need four tables, and then I ask people to come up and run games. And people will volunteer and come up and pitch some games, and then people will get into them. It magically works every single time. And uh, even if we don't have enough people, we do have other games that are GM-less that, you know, uh, <clears throat> like ones we've just talked about, that we can just spin up and get people to run, right? And uh, so there's a big focus on self-published games or uh, independent published games, um, smaller companies, all those kind of RPGs and story games. Uh, so that's the main thing. However, it's not just for like, oh, you didn't have a plan, come down and figure it out, people but I love those people, that's my people. But also, like, I had uh, somebody walk by and ask for directions to the Adventures League, which is around the corner, and she was running about half an hour late, and she went over to the Adventure League thing, and she came back five minutes later, and she's like, oh, do you guys have room for, and we had a game spinning up right there, and it was like the perfect fit for her, and so she just joined one of our games. So uh, another thing that sometimes happens is a GM might be running, I don't know, like something on the schedule, uh, you know, a Friday at two game, and maybe half of their players didn't show up because of traffic or whatever. They can come down and they can poach players from my space. <laughs> I do not care. If those players want to play in a game, then we can find games for them. So there's all sorts of ways to make it happen, but basically it just kind of magically does. Um, so that's, that's the main thing. Question? Uh, what, what, okay, one second. The, uh, the, the thing I really love about this, and you notice that... Uh, uh, Tom's is wearing a Games on Demand shirt. This is a movement that started happening at a lot of cons, um, and it's a really great way for uh, indie designers to get their stuff played. Because people walk by, they see a table that has a whole bunch of different games. Some of them are so beautiful. Like There's one called Dialect that is just such a stunning game. You walk by and you're just like, this looks like beautiful art. Can I, I just want to look at this art. Um, and it, it really introduces a lot of people who may not have ever been exposed to independent games to these amazing works of art that are being made. So as someone who makes indie games, but also someone who has discovered some incredible games like For the Queen and Dialect and a bunch of other really amazing games, um, a lot of you can find um, through Dinercorn. They, if you Google that, there's a, they do a lot of distribution of a lot of these beautiful indie games. Um, it's just a really great way of getting them out there uh, for people who normally wouldn't run into them at their friendly local gaming store. All right. Uh, just, prior, just prior to that question, 
Uh, you did say something about a game library, so I've been trying to make that a little more formal looking. So nowadays when you go down there, I mean, I always set up my trap with two or three or four really pretty looking weird games that gets people to come and ask me questions. But now around the corner, I actually have a bunch of games laid out. And the idea is you can come, look at them, read them, borrow them, you know, ask us to play them, whatever it is, and we can kind of spin up games that way. So that's something I'm trying to kick off a little bit more and maybe even have it inside the, uh, the con book or like sync it with the library of board games over there or whatever. But yeah. Actually, okay, okay I, I'm just, this has nothing to do with this, but um, there's a thing called Wiki Library. It's made for classrooms. I'm using it in my classroom right now. It's free to use. You can have up to 600 titles for free. Yes, okay, okay. Where well, you can have up to 600 titles with a little barcode that you can check things out to people. So I don't know if you could like sync that with con badges or something, but it'll let you know who has what games when. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's why I make kids make my library. Okay, question. Game. What is the weirdest game that you ever had at Games on Demand? Oh, man. Kids, I love oh, can I answer that? I'd volunteer my weird game idea that came up as an accident of when the Alien RPG Kickstarter happened, they told us that as soon as the Kickstarter concluded, we'd get a PDF. And I said, you know what? I'm going to Iron Man this game. I'm going to get the PDF and run it six hours later. Um, it, they ran into some trouble. They didn't get the PDF out in time. And I was like, I, well, now I'm not running anything. And that feels weird. So I came up with the idea to run Tales from LV426, <laughs> Kids in the Colony from Aliens. <gasps> Uh, and oh, no. I ran it at Games on Demand, and it turned out to be one of my favorite GMing experiences because I had a table full of amazing players. And as soon as I discovered I can't ever let the alien get in the room with the kids, the game went great. Uh, and it was, it was perfect. It was just kids running away from a horrifying thing, which they're likely to do. And it was, it was so much fun. Uh, Jason also had a story to share. I... I I can't remember exactly how this was set up, but somehow we were playing. It was like quiet. It wasn't quiet. It was like building a town or something, right? Oh, maybe we were using Decima. It might have been Decima, honestly. But we were like, okay, what genre do we want? And I had some very experienced players like, well, I don't know. What if we were amoebas? This is the Petri dish game. In a yeah. Petri, the Petri dish. dish game, yeah. What if? I was like, Ah, that's really funny. I'll run it if you guys want, but like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. And guess what? It was really fucking fun. And I never would have scheduled that, and I never would have signed up for it on a schedule and had one of the best times ever at uh, Games on Demand. Also like calling it God Games and God GMs. I, I also... Oh. I would throw Dave under the bus. Uh, tell them about your Muppets for the Queen game. Th that was exactly what I was about to say. So <clears throat> it wasn't my game. It was another incredibly talented person, uh, Joe, that you've seen play games on Happy Jacks, uh, if you're a frequenter. Uh, he came up with a For the Queen style game um, where the players and I went on this adventure and we decided it turned into Muppets. So it was we were on this bleak journey 
but we were all playing Muppets, and then it turned into a Muppet religious war <laughs> between the Muppets that had human hands and the Muppets that didn't. Oh, no. Because the Muppets that had human hands were closer to the creators. So, so like, so, yeah. so, 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 like, hold on. Rolf has is controlled by human hands, but they're in they're in the that the, didn't count. So, so basically, just the Swedish, Swedish chef, chef, yes, who but actually other, has like, human hands because people play, made new Muppets. Oh, the, okay. yeah, right. So, yes, it was yes, that was the idea. Okay. Was how do I follow or compete with any of that? Um, <laughs> well, one, I was in that game, mm-hmm. and yes. two, I was in that game, the Amoeba game. Um, but separate from that, I'm just going to answer the question as far as what was the weirdest one I played this con, because I can't yeah. think too hard. But uh, they, somebody brought, um, it's called Beak, Feather, and Bone. And you, know, you might have seen it around some shops. I know Geeky Tees carries it and whatever. But it's a little bit like The Quiet Year in that there's map being there, but there's already a little map. And you are ravens of different you know, guilds. And uh, it's just about like naming the little city, like the little buildings in the city, and giving them some flesh, right? And the beak, feather, and bone is describing the different things you're you're telling about these buildings. But it's just really beautiful and evocative. Some of it is what does the building look like. Some of it is what's its real purpose. And the other thing is uh, just asking you like, what do people say about it? And just with these really simple props. Like, you just get this really beautiful and sometimes bleak and horrible and whatever uh, story. So uh, that one ended up being a little funny and weird. But um, Do you want to hear a, a, a story that might rip your heart out? Okay, so um, this is the story of how uh, this last year, uh, Games on Demand changed my life. Um, so I was down, uh, I think, last con? Maybe con before that. I don't remember which one. And I was playing... Um, the constellation game mapped by starlight or told by starlight is what it's called told by starlight and um i the person running that game's name was ray i'd never met ray before um ray and i like really hit it off amazing like this amazing story game that was written by his friend where you like put dots and then you create a story with constellations um ray and i were both indie designers we started talking he, because we became friends he sent me this application to this thing called the horizons fellowship by gamma which I applied to because randomly sent me this thing. I had no idea what Gamma was or anything. So I was like, okay, I'll apply for a thing. Okay, cool. There, you're going to help me be a game designer. Um, so I got into that. I got a mentor, all these things. Uh, so Deca might, might be uh, internationally distributed. Uh, and I'm also uh, getting, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, and I've also, uh, like, got a booth at Gamma this year and might have funding for my next couple of games because I played at Games on Demand. Up. Uh, I was also in the Constellation game. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> so thank you. Also, also, real quick, I want to specifically highlight the fact that the games on demand that Tomes runs for us here at Strategicons is so chill and so relaxed and so amazing. And that, safe. And, and safe, for sure. But the whole process... It just makes you feel welcome. And I think that's the magic of Tomes. Because I now have been to a couple other conventions that do a Games on Demand kind of thing. And I got there and I was like, cool, yeah, I didn't sign up for anything. I'm just going to do a Games on Demand. And then I got there and I was like, I don't know how this works. And I'm stressed out and I want to go. Because it was not 
nearly the same, and it was confusing and weird, and I was like, yeah, no, mm -mm, I'm just going to stay home, because that's better. So cheers. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'll just leave it as that is one of the goals of that space. Like, as much as it's the indie games and the how we do it and whatever, part of it is just giving a little bit of community space. Because one of the things we didn't have here so easily was some of that. You guys have done that. There's community space here with the podcast, and that's been going on for a long ass time. Uh, when you're sometimes playing the scheduled games, you'll see the same people and maybe run into them in the hallway, but there isn't like a spot. And so, like, that's one of the things that I really love about Games on Demand is you come down, and I want you to feel welcome, and you can chat people up and make those bonds and play those games. And so, you know, if you haven't checked it out, just come by, and, uh, you know, I'll give you a tour. Thank you so much, Tomes. Uh, other Friday games that you were in or ran? Yes. So uh, I ran a game both Friday afternoon and this morning that according to D&D Beyond, I came up with the concept back in 2021 um, and finally got the kick in the pants necessary to, to actually do it uh, when my regular weekly group was like, oh, we, our uh, campaign can't run this week. Can somebody run a one-shot? Eight hours before game time, I started working on it. Uh, and I had maps and I had minis and I had a, a story and I had fortunately already created the, the pre-gen characters. The premise of it, 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 the game is called After the Party. The premise is that the, uh, the, the heroes defeated the big bad, but at a great cost. All but one of them died. There's one last thing to take care of. Y'all are playing the NPCs that they met along the way and have been asked to take care of this one last thing. So the characters are the bartender, the fortune teller, the criminal, the city guard, the uh, the noble, uh, um, you know, the the various NPCs. That you meet, these are not meant to be adventurers. They're all level five. This is in D and D five e. They're all level five characters, and you're going off to find a lich's phylactery. What could go wrong? Now I don't remember exactly. At this point, my brain is a little bit of mush because I'm putting I. I I'm now trying to remember the differences between the play test, the game yesterday, and the game this morning. So it might be better for the players from yesterday to talk about it. Let's say Why what? look, <laughs> such a player has appeared. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you and what makes you famous? Ta-da! New players appeared. <laughs> Yay! So I'm Will, a frequent attendee of uh, Happy Jack's <laughs> stuff. Uh, I play games and I drink things. <laughs> Yay. Yay! And that's why we can be friends. <laughs> so I, I'm taking a look at the spread of different characters available, and I'm like, oh, I, uh, hey, there's a town guard. That would be fun. There's the whole, whole joke of, I used to be an adventurer before. And, uh, before I took a halberd to the knee. Exactly. That, that would be a really bad day. What kind of bow shoots halberds? <laughs> A really big, one. big ones. <laughs> but then my friend took the thief, and I'm like, I'm not going to be doing that interaction there. So I decided, uh, you know, it would be fun. Everyone loves the bartender. So I'm like, I'm taking this. I don't care what the character is. I'm taking this. Open it up, and um, it's the... The bartender was an alchemist artificer. So he makes drinks. And this is part of the reason why I, I'm having trouble 
keeping them up, keeping the three games apart because in every game, someone has picked the bartender. I so, mean, know your audience. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kurt saying, you know, there's a quirk in here that everyone has loved so far. It's like, do you want to know what the quirk is? I'm like, oh, is it the what was it the something about I, he he loves to dispense bad advice. Oh yeah, no, the, the, oh. the quirk that. The, was one of was the uh, the character trait was, that you thought it was was anything worth doing is worth doing badly. That was it. Better said like, than I did. No, that's not the quirk. So instead, he reaches into the bag, pulls out three vials, and puts it on the table. And it's like you get he- oh four four healing potions. It's like ah yes, everyone loves healing <laughs> potions. Who do you think they people in the town buy them from? <laughs> We make drinks <laughs> that people want to drink. So we go have a, the adventure's going pretty well. Get everyone together, decide where we're going, uh, follow the instructions. I'm thinking, okay, there's got to be a twist somewhere around here. Uh, go through, uh, get into our first battle, and I'm thinking, oh, hey, uh, we have one person who's running off over in this corner, one person running off in this corner. Somebody's got to stand up in front. And I uh, decided, ah, I'm a big, burly person. I can go ahead and take a couple shots. And the light is leaking. That that's, light is... That's, a <laughs> that's uh, not great. That's a lot of water. Is that falling on... The French! Wow. No, like, that's... Going to be a lot of water. Yeah. 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 So I'm gonna move. Uh, <laughs> All right. There is never a dull moment. <laughs> Anything can happen. So, all right, so uh, I go up, stand in front, take a couple shots, take a couple more shots, and it's like, oh, I think I am dead. Oh, <laughs> thankfully was not quite dead yet, but uh, it is one of those anything can happen. It's a con game. Let's have fun with this. Um, uh, and then there is the huzzah. Uh, there, I think there was another. <laughs> the, I think the other joke that I remembered out of it. I think the other joke that I made because I was still expecting a twist somewhere in the story was, uh, we were told the phylactery is this uh, all, like urn, a burial urn with a uh, face on it, and I'm thinking. Maybe that's not the real phylactery. Maybe the phylactery was something that was picked up during the venture. Maybe the real phylactery was the fr- ones we picked up along the way. Uh, other than that, I think we had a great time. We've managed to successfully finish the adventure. I'm not sure if that was exactly the way that was intended. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. We had a great time. Thank you very much. Uh, 
Brian already went. Brian went to tell. Hi, so I'm Kimmy, and I'm hosting this episode, (laughs) episode 33, uh, season 11. Uh, I'm the creator of Golden Innie Award-winning Decima, which I talk about all the time. Uh, I'm sorry, Kimmy. Would you like to? No. Oh, okay. Hi. Who are you, and what makes you famous? Other Friday games. Who played a game on Friday? Come up here and tell us about it. Well, we didn't know what's going on. Mine's going to be Dave. very short. Let's get somebody sexy up here, Jameson. Damn. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I try and work it hard. <laughs> I get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, this is not Happy Jacks After Dark. This is what happens. No nipples on Twitch. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> It's now or never. All right. Uh, we did have others. Uh, Jameson, did you say you had a game from Friday? Friday no, yeah. Oh, okay. Friday. Okay. Soon, right. soon, my like, friends. I, I legitimately right. have a game to talk about real quick. Super quick. I know, but I just wanted to make sure that we, like, that people had to, like, I know you're not going anywhere, so. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> no, you, you got I don't have anywhere better to be than be on Happy no, no, Jacks. No, no, you got a chair on the panel, so you Uh-oh. aren't leaving. That's fine. And also, you have nothing better to do. But also. <clears throat> All right, well, go, Dave. Go tell no, us about Mine's going to be super quick. I just want to spread the word about this stupid web app game. Oh, no. So. Okay, Dave, if you're getting paid for this shit, I swear no, to God. No, 100% not. It is not. Yeah, I'm only a shill for the best game company in the world. So, uh, no. Uh, so. Friends of mine and I discovered this web app game, and I have spread it, and I want to be the voice of this stupid game because I can't get enough, and I want lots of people to play it so I can keep playing it. Uh, It's essentially a multiplayer online battle, Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon, where you're given a movie title, and you have to, in 20 seconds, come up with a movie that connects to that through an actor, director, writer, or composer. And... It's stupidly addictive, and as a person that used to manage a video store, it's delightful to hurt people. <laughs> uh, you can ask Joey about how delightful I get when I've been drinking and I start playing this game on a patio in the middle of the night, uh, which I did on, on Friday. It is hands down the best part of the game is just watching Dave play this game. I know shit about movies, but that was everything for me. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a website called Cine the number two Nerdle. It's sort of based on, like, it started off as like a Wordle clone thing. Um, Cine, like C-I-N-E, the number two Nerdle, N-E-R-D-L-E. Um, it's a battle game, and it's stupid fun. Uh, if you like movies, it, just try it. It's It passes hours of time, especially when you get on Discord and you play with a bunch of your friends. Uh, in a way that is not the spirit of the game, because you're supposed to not cheat. Oh, now my hand has started to drip. I'm just, just I'm concerned. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I played it Friday night on the patio with a bunch of drunk people after being a pirate. So that's the way it goes. Uh, yeah. All right, that's my Friday last Friday night thing I wanted to talk about. I'm just gonna say, thank you. Is this what you do to the new? Is this what you do to the new guy? Dang Listen. it, he knows. We did a lot of very small drills in the ceiling many months ago. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, this well, is 
Happy Jacks brought to you live from the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> I mean, which is a great Ernest Borgnine connection for the Cinnatoon Nerdle game. <laughs> And Shelly Winters. I, uh, I wish I could say it was off-brand, but it's not. <laughs> uh, so sorry. Jay, welcome. Ta-da! We, we if you can GM a game, yeah. you can be underwater. No, no. I, I honestly don't think we are because uh, the ceiling is very discolored and there's some paint missing, which means it's probably been leaking like this for some time. And there was also some weird spots on the stage when we were moving the tables that I noticed. I was like, oh, someone must have spilled something. No, evidently this has probably been happening for a while. No, it's, it's fine. I'm also not on the stage, so I'm not so concerned. Um, <laughs> all right. Yes, I've purchased three. There's more. Right, uh, I remember this happening when my water heater exploded. <laughs> I think, honestly, it's just someone taking a shower in the room right above the room, and it's been happening. <laughs> all right, so Friday. Okay, herding cats. Ready? Come on. Okay. Fridays, Fridays, Fridays. All right, so we're done with Fridays. Saturdays, Saturday, Saturday. I'm going to start. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Saturday morning specifically. All right. Uh, if you're talking talk about my game, because you're raising your hand. Okay, come up here. All right, so I ran Starscape. Yay! And Starscape. Starscape is a powered by the apocalypse hack about fan families and space. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, For your consideration. Yes. Yeah. So uh, who are you? And what makes you famous? My name is Josh. Among Hi, Josh. Hi. Hi, Josh. Among the things that make me famous, um, I was one of the 12% of people who voted for the Denver, Colorado UFO Commission back in 2008. Oh. A proud oh. moment. Uh, first time I ever got to vote for like an actual law, state constitution. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was great. Um, thank you. Um, and um, I flew in from Denver last night and braved a snowstorm just to be here. Um, thank you. And I bring the I bring the rain. I bring the pain. Um, and so yeah, this is my first Orcon. Very happy to be here. I learned about it from watching you all. Uh, so that's a true story. And this is your game. This is your game on cons. No heckle, no heckle. Yeah, just wait. We, uh, I got it. I did was able to get here finally late last night, so I was able to make the Saturday morning game of Starscape. Uh, this was my first PBTA game. I'm uh, more of a traditional gamer. I play a lot of D and D and that sort of thing. Um, so it was a blast to really uh, stretch my legs and. Um, uh, have some new experiences. That is one of the things that I look for when I go to cons. It's infrequent, but I want to play new games. I want to have experiences that I don't get to have on a weekly basis. Um, and so we had a blast um, playing with mechanics that encouraged uh, kind of interpersonal interactions among the different characters. Um, a couple of the players from that game are here. Um, I didn't know... Uh, where did Will go? Will, do you want to come back up and, and tell us what it's like to... Uh, I'm always curious, especially with people who haven't played PBTA before. Uh, like, what's the like like was onboarding hard? Like, what was your your take on it? 
um, and just like overall your 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 first kind of experience because at the game I'm going to tell on you a little bit. I know I think the water stops. <laughs> Flooding has been averted. Um, you were talking about how you f you were like, oh, I feel like I didn't like like connect or, or use the mechanics very much. But I got the like the opposite impression. You did a great job of like you you did a whole thing with a like a crewmate in a simulator where you were like do, fight, like dog fighting and having fun playing like a video game together and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know what what gave you that impression and also like what was your first impression of playing PBTA versus what you're used to. Um, so I think I feel kind of like what Dave was saying earlier. Um, I tend to bring myself to most of my characters. I, I'm not much Woo. of an actor player. Um, I'm a problem-solving kind of player, and I like to um, enjoy the tactics and, and kind of uh, challenges and decision-making uh, in games. So I think what I liked about those mechanics, um, and, and though it took me a while to realize this was happening in retrospect, but um, is it did encourage me to have something more to play with um, and to kind of respond to, um, to get myself into character, so to speak, or at least making decisions as a character, um, you know, using the moves as a guide and then using um, the skills, I think you called them specializations um, on the character sheet as a guide. Um, so that was great. I, I have to say, I was a little bit, when you're like, uh, so I uh, flew in to uh, be here because of your podcast. I was like, oh, cool, no pressure. It'll be great. <laughs> and boy, are my arms tired. Yeah, we did. We did have that discussion. I got to meet. I got to meet Jason this morning, and we had that discussion. So that was great. Um, and uh, the oh, the other thing I wanted to say is, uh, I, it, it seemed to me. I don't know how to phrase this. Uh, the ultimate ability, the kind of like big ending ability. If you do this, all, all things will change, or whatever. Um, I, it's called a stellar move. Oh, shots fired! It's a play on words. Um, and oh, and by the way, this was—I picked the shirt uh, for the game. You did compliment me, which I appreciate. But this was my Starscape-themed uh, shirt. It's got a synthwave sun and a rocket ship going over. Uh, it's just the name of the company that makes this shirt. Um, and so um, I kind of, uh, you know, thinking about you all talking about drive it like you stole it. You're playing a one-shot. Don't leave anything on the floor. Um, and so I was able to, um, toward the end of the session, have a moment where our entire ship and crew was under attack, and I flew out in my little snub fighter to uh, essentially sacrifice it, potentially myself, to save the day. And so it was a real blast to have that kind of big epic moment um, that you literally, okay, no pun intended, yes, um, but you do, uh, that you get in that narrative sort of framework, which you may not get in a, a more traditional game. So that was a blast. Uh, now can I segue to Will about driving it like you stole it? Okay, uh, Will, please uh, tell us a little bit about driving it like we stole it. <laughs> <laughs> what a so, segue. So, no, con games. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen next week. So Kimmy is saying, yes, go ahead, go for broke, do whatever you want. You can drive it like you stole it. And I'm like, <sighs> because apparently someone had decided to steal uh, my partner's car and um, took it for a joyride. We found out about it a, a day later. It had gotten into two car accidents, uh, like a mile apart. And it was found with half a gallon jug of vodka and some, somebody's wet swim trunks in the back seat. And I'm just like, <laughs> this, this, and this was Starscape? <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, you know, I am going to play this game like I was the person who stole that car. 
I had a blast. Um, I was playing uh, the outsider, I believe, uh, and I decided I'm going to be the person who's the con artist and uh, had a great time with it. So uh, thank you very much for uh, yet another wonderful game. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, it, it was it was a really great session. Um, it was one of those sessions. It, it's always interesting to GM a game and be playtesting a game at the same time because you've got like two hats on. There's one that's like observing, and okay, I want to just let things go wrong so I see where the mechanics fail, and also the GM who's like, I need to make sure that this doesn't fail so everyone has a good time. So it's a weird kind of juggling balancing act. Um, and uh, today was one of those magical games where the players just kind of took took the lead, and I answered some questions along the way, but mostly I just kind of sat there and was like, yeah, this is this. And then they would just like do these amazing things. So it was a, it was a very fun experience as both a GM and a designer to see it like firing all cylinders as a system, but also just see these cool, complex character connections. And I honestly, it's a, the 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 most that the character, the crew moves, as far as they're called, were the, the dynamics between the characters and all the moves that have to do with the crew in between, like, inter <sighs> their interpersonal connections and, like, trust me and confront each other and connect with each other. Uh, it's the most that any playtest group has ever, like, really um, interacted those and used those. So that was really fun to see a group of people, very unprompted. I didn't be like, okay, I want to test these specific moves today, do this, like, unbidden. They really just, like, leaned in on that part of it, and it was really amazing. Hey, when we started playing that game, those rules didn't exist yet. Yeah, no. No, no, it's because, it, yeah. They you all walked it. so that they could run, my friends. So I, I had a quick question. I heard something about that this uh, game that you're working on is going to be available soon. <laughs> For your Stop. consideration. Don't. They're bad models. Do not be influenced by the evil ones. Um, maybe. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm not evil. Uh, it, the, yeah. The plan for it uh, is to have a official, nice, beautiful Kickstarter or a quick start version done in the next two to slash three weeks, depending on how stressed I am about being at Gamma the first week of March. Um, and then um, we'll be kickstarting probably in the summer because I will never again kickstart a game and launch a Kickstarter on a work day when I have to sit there teaching fractions to kids, wondering if anybody gives a shit about my game and running over at recess and hitting refresh like every minute for 20 minutes and then waiting another like three hours until lunch break. So kids... <laughs> so, so no, kids I cannot might... legally say that checking Kickstarter matches any of the California state standards of education. Hey, <laughs> so far, so no. far, my my Kickstarter has been twelve and a half percent funded. What fraction is that? <laughs> oh, oh, wait, no, 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 no. eight, twelve point two percent. Change everybody's answer. Everybody change. Oh no, twelve point three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, no. Okay, new fraction. No, yeah. So anyway. No, but that was really stressful that day. It was a great day when I checked it at the end of the day. It was like, yeah, we did it. If I need $42,000 and I have gotten $425, how much have I gotten of my goal? <laughs> nice.
Yeah, no, I'd rather just be a summer day where I can be drinking coffee and alcohol at the same time as I just hit refresh for 24 hours straight. It'll be great. Kim, I have a something piggybacking off of what you said. Okay. Playtesting. Yes. All right, playtesting. Um, I want to tell a quick story about playtesting and how important it is for you to playtest with your friends. Yeah, I'm going to... We're gonna go. We're gonna go a little night here. <laughs> ah, there it is. <sighs> oh no! He fits right in here. We're 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 taking a page here. <laughs> you want some lower? <laughs> I slow. We're taking bringing it down. Let's slow. take the alto into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> a little basso profundo. As I said, uh, Jason likes a the quick aura. story of playtesting. <laughs> So, okay. something out there is that if you ever have a chance to play test, if you even don't know the person, it can wind up to be one of the best connections and friendships and just groups of people. So, the story is, um, about two years ago, year and a half ago, I was running Star Wars, and I'm play testing some Star Wars games. And I was with uh, Jasper's Game Day, which is a suicide prevention organization for charity Ooh. events. They, um, they've no longer existing, but they were very, very popular in 2020. And that's kind of the group that I was with. And on their website or in the Discord, I was like, hey, I'm going to be playtesting a Star Wars game called Slug Games. I need some players to kind of work out the mechanics. And this one unknown kind of nobody goes, hi, my name is Bill. Um, can I play in your Star Wars game? No, 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 no. He goes, hey, my name is Bill. Can I play in your Star Wars game? Hello, my name is Bill. Oh. I'm and sorry, that's, that's Captain Bill to you. That's oh, Captain I mean, Bill. <laughs> and, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> and... And, For those and who couldn't hear, Dashiell is protesting our estimation of what Bill sounds like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the and and not knowing who this person is because I didn't at first. I was like, oh, I I kind of said, hey, um, do you have any experience in gaming? <laughs> yes, Bill freaking Roper. I said that to you in a nice, kind way. And um, so then Bill playtested one of my games of Pin the Tail on the Rancor, oh, yeah. which is my Star Wars Slugs Part 3. And he decided to go charge the Rancor. He's like, can I do this? And I'm like, if you want. And his character kind of died because <laughs> it's a Rancor. Like, like kind of or did? Um, yeah. Okay. He did. <laughs> He's mostly dead. Mostly dead. So after it, I was like, Bill, that was great. I loved it. And we started to have a conversation. And we started to get to know each other a little bit. And it was like, oh, Bill, okay. And we became friends. I'll be honest. I didn't know who Bill Roper was. But he was a friend. Until someone said, do you know who Bill Fuckard Roper is? And I'm like, he's Bill. <laughs> And I'm like, why should I? And like, have you ever played a game before? And I'm like, yeah. Do you ever read the print? No. 
oh, that's who he is. I'm like, okay. But Bill's been in, a, a, he's been in my Star Wars games. He's been a guest in my Natural One games. But I've gotten to know Bill. I've gotten to know Happy Jacks of Adam and Joey, and who are now in my game because I poached them. And, and I'm poaching more. Anyways. Delightful. And I've gotten to know so many other people, and that's actually one of the reasons why I'm here, because I have so many friends in California now playing online that my community has grown of friendships, and I want to be a part of it. So it's a testament to taking a leap and playtesting and having fun and getting to know people. Well, I think that's also, like, why we play these games. Like, we, like, I don't want to get, I, I'm a little drunk, so this is when I get, like, philosophical and, like, like wholesome. But, um, yeah, kumbayaing. But uh, especially in these, these days, like, I started as an MMO player. So I did MMOs, multi-massive uh, online role-playing games, before this. Close enough. I, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> But I, I literally spent years online in these role-playing guilds where I was role-playing elves. I spoke Quenya. It was great. Um, but I didn't actually... No. I realized at some point, through some guild drama, because that's a thing online, uh, that I didn't really know any of these people. And uh, I think the, the magic of tabletop role-playing games is it gets you that experience, but you also have this community building experience with people around the table. And I'm someone who also thinks that there's something very powerful about like humanity. Like We love coming around fires. We love coming around tables. We love coming together as social creatures. We are very social creatures. And I feel like this is like a really magical way for us to get, connect and make friends and get to know each other. I also want to clarify that it's not poaching as long as you still keep sharing. We, oh, we, okay. I like... Okay. I, yeah, it's. Uh, it, he used the word, so I, I'm just yeah, following yeah. it. I would just like to say, like, as an ex kindergarten teacher, we share. We share, share. our players. Yeah, we share our players. <laughs> yeah. The fact you're going to let me be in your game after meeting me this weekend says a lot about you, and yeah. I appreciate that immensely. What? Hurt. So, uh, piggybacking off of what you said, when, uh, when lockdown hit, I started running a remote D&D game on uh, March 30th of 2020. And part of it was just to have something to do. Yeah. And uh, hey, I get to, because it's remote, my sister can be it because she lives up in Sacramento. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just like, I'm going to pull people from various different circles of my life who don't know each other. And now they are fast friends. And now I've started a new campaign. And again, I did the same thing. I grabbed people from various different circles of my life and... They, they now consider each other very good friends. In fact, two of them are now dating. <laughs> but um, just, just wait till some of your players get married. <laughs> I know, right? But, but <laughs> it's a good thing. Since, like you said, like gathering around the fire telling stories, that is almost one of the most ancient things that humans do. And this collaborative storytelling that we do, that is just ingrained in our DNA. And this gives us an opportunity to do that. And it's 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 truly mystical and magical. I didn't say I didn't say I invited my favorite people. I just invited various people, and I do have guest players in my games occasionally. So talk to me later. Yeah, yeah. I I got to play a dragon who had a keytar. Nick, that Nick, yeah, no, Nick, Nick <laughs> guessed it in one of my games. He played, he played a dragon masquerading as a prince. Yes, <laughs> I was a prince. I was Do a prince of dragons. Yes. 
He was a dragon masquerading, masquerading, masquerading as a prince. He was a dragon, and he picked up a, a, a prince and started going <laughs> and lining his eyes. Oh, no. Oh, my mistake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, ju- I just wanted to say for a moment, I just wanted to hop up for a moment and say, uh, in that vein, during the, during the plague times, coming out to Kimmy's backyard and the fire and Whoa. playing with all these folks and telling the stories and coincidentally playtesting uh, the game was just phenomenal. It was such a lifesaver in terms of being able to meet with people and have that experience and the magic of being literally around a fire and telling stories. Yeah, yeah um, not to bring it back to Starscape, but... Um, <laughs> way, way to control the narrative. No, no, it's not yet. You have to like do a lot of... You have to actually publish a game before you can win any. Um, but uh, I do think... The game has always designed and started to be about, like, I've always wanted to focus on the heart of a crew. Um, and I do honestly think um, that that those few, first few playtests with the amazing crew who came, like, we were all still really scared. Like, it was still, I think, I'm not sure if we had vaccines yet. I can't remember. I think I think we had just gotten them. We just got effective. Like, I had a brand new baby. Like, I hadn't seen anybody for a really long time. And I'm going to get emotional because I'm drinking and talking about my friends I love. But, um, like, having those first few playtests where we were, like, outside for months playing around the, the, the pit in the back, making sure we were still really far apart even though we were outside because it was still a really scary thing. Um, and, like, it was really fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And we did the thing. What? It's, like, outside in the dark. And I have, um, like, these pavers with rocks in between, which are really pretty, but really shitty if you drop your dice in the dark. <laughs> And we'd, like, roll the dice, and we'd, like, lose the dice, and we'd all have our phones out, like, trying to stay far apart and find the dice and the rocks. Um, And it was just, like, this really magical communal thing that I really do think, like, exponentially improved Starscape by that very communal experience. And having having us coming around that fire, like, reconnecting for the first time as, like, really great friends who loved and cared about each other, um, who hadn't really seen each other in person for a really long time, I think really um, spoke to like how the mechanics developed and how it ended up really um, like being like baked into the game. So yeah, so that's fun, and uh, I'm sure we'll come back to haunt me at some point. It's fine. So, so Kimmy, I am I'm very very glad that you have been able to codify this goal into a game, because Frey and I still call each other Dragon Brother. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I ran a game literally like 10 years ago. Yeah, pretty yeah, close. Yeah, it was like 10 years ago. Where, where it was, it was, the, the official title of the game was um, uh, uh, Dra- Vikings versus Dragons, a.k.a. Kimmy's been playing too much Skyrim. <laughs> we show up. We are and, not allowed to open And that's when Skyrim open. was only on two platforms. Right, yeah. Exactly. It was, it was, I, I played a lot of fucking Skyrim and, back in the day, and, <laughs> early. And, we we show up and and the, the 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 folders are the character folders are there and we are not allowed to touch them like teacher voice came out it's like no don't touch you can look at the picture on the front and you have to choose your character based it was just on a the glyph, image right and and then finally after she gives us the intro we open it oh we're playing the dragons we're not playing the vikings we're playing the dragons okay <laughs> uh, yeah it was very fun and they were uh, like a young clutch of dragons. And literally all con. Like, I'd be somewhere else, and you'd hear, Dragon Brother! Like, shouting across, like, game rooms. I was like, I have succeeded yeah. in life. I will never top this. And I still haven't topped that. <laughs> I mean, okay. 
I mean, I honestly, like, okay, winning an award is great, but having players for four days straight shout at each other in delight like they are true bro- blood brothers, like, I feel like that is better. Like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I still to this day love it. Yeah. Put your penny where your mouth is. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Shall we move on? Yeah, Saturday, Saturday game. Saturday, wait, wait. Yeah, so uh, hi, I'm Kimmy, uh, hosting this episode. Who played in a Saturday afternoon game? Thank you. Oh, wait. One more hi, Saturday morning game. Hi, who are you and what makes you famous? Um, also, I'm amazing and everybody really likes me and is very proud of all my accomplishments. I will, yeah. I, I'm, Bri- I'm Brian Suskind. My claim to fame is that I know Kimmy, the Golden Any Award winning game designer. <laughs> She's over there. Did you also write Cobalt Press? <laughs> yeah, okay, I did that too. Um, uh, uh, so this morning I played in uh, Invisible Sun, which is a Monty Cook game. Which Don't I, you be- run. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is, my soul that was talking. No, I, 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 play, I have to confess, I played it once at Gen Con and I didn't understand it. I mean, I, I got the rules sort of, but the whole world perplexed me and it was like really metaphysical and I didn't understand it at all. So I was like, okay, well, I'll play it here. And maybe you'll understand it this time. Here's my sum up. It's sort of like Numenera, the other Monty Cook game, if Numenera took a crap ton of drugs. <laughs> I mean, just a ludicrous oh. amount of drugs. Because I was playing a sentient colony of rats in a dapper suit. And there was... <laughs> yes. And there was another guy who was playing a dude who had a fishbowl for a head with a goldfish in it. And he was talking to us. And so we asked, well, are we... Are we are we hearing you or the goldfish? He goes, it's a mystery. We're like, all right. And what's interesting about it is each class is somehow magical in some way, but they're all completely different, including their character sheets. So my way I was doing magic was completely different than everybody else, and yet it all kind of worked in a really drugged-out way. And I would like to say that it's a game that you can only play if you've taken a lot of drugs, but you, it, it's, you can if you want, but it's great for other people, too. I mean, I played it, and I have to say, it Happy was... Happy Jacks does not condone or encourage the use of taking pharmaceuticals for recreational purposes. Uh, for, for, <laughs> for, for everybody, Kurt, I mean, I'd like to say irony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, if you ever get a chance, Invisible Sun is a wild ride, and you walk out of it having a great time, maybe understanding it, but, you know, you got to play a colony of sentient rats in a dapper suit. I mean, really, what, what else do you need? Oh, hang on. Uh, Kimmy's here. Uh, hi, I'm Kimmy. Uh, say hi. Any other Saturday morning games? Any other Saturday morning? Yeah, come up here. Yeah. Come yeah, on down. Hi. Hi. I'm Kimmy, creator of Golden Innie Award winning Dekama. Hi. Um, so, hi, who are you and what makes you famous? Why do you know Kimmy? I'm not famous. <laughs> oh, God. I know Kimmy through, um, she runs the, the, there's a Discord, like, um, it's a Zoom thing via a Discord. It's an RPG makers meetup, and I am in that, because I'm also in Story Games Glendale uh, with Tomes, which is fun. So I've been running games for Games on Demand, uh, which is, this is my first time running games at a con. It's my first strategic con. I'm having fun. (laughs) Sorry for yelling. Um, um, But yeah. Uh, my game that I played Saturday morning, this morning, was yeah. Brindlewood Bay. Oh, Brindlewood Bay. Okay, cool. I'm loud, so I'm, I'm very nervous about blowing your eardrums off. Um, uh, and 
Brindlewood Bay. It's about a book club of ladies who read mystery novels by this one um, of this one series. We also solve mysteries in our little little sleepy town on Brindlewood Bay. Uh, there might be a cult in the town. It's um, unclear, and um, it's a PBTA game. Um, and. And, gotcha. Um, it's a PBTA game, and um, I'm pretty familiar with PBTA, so I was like, I want to look at the rules. And everyone else was like, we're going to play characters. And I was like, I should, I should do that, but also rules. I'm a game designer. And um, we figured out halfway through the playthrough that the players also had narrative control over the mystery. So it wasn't all on the GM. Which means we were like collecting clues, which we then spent to like bi roll big, make a big roll to solve the mystery, and it was a whole. It's a it's a cool mechanic. But then also, um, hold on, I bring it up with me. Um, I started conspiracy theorying. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can see this. No, that is it's very bad. small. For it's bad here. It's bad here. I, I'm so excited Four that hours? someone made like a full-on <laughs> Charlie Day yarn board. I'm, like, this is just my name card. We don't need to see that one. Yeah, I'm... Help. Help. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's her, that's her name. That was my old lady's name. Her name was Crazy Gray Bion. Blink three times if you actually need it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, but it was really fun. Um, our, G our GM was Bob. He was awesome. Uh, there were six players, which is pretty big for it. Um, it usually runs better with four, apparently. But we had a blast, and like everyone was, um, the GM was like, "We learned a lot about your play style." And I was like, "Oh no! Oh, this feels like a this feels like a bad thing." Um, so <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, it's it just was, revealing. Uh, everyone. I mean, nobody, no, they didn't kick me off the table, so I suppose it was fun. Uh, but yeah, that was my morning game. <laughs> Woo! Hi, I'm actually Kimmy. No game shaming. <laughs> um, other games, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday morning? Saturday, any, any more Saturday I, morning? I think we might be out of Saturday. Are we on Saturday morning still? Saturday morning? Yeah, I think, I think okay. we've wrapped up Saturday morning. Saturday morning, Saturday, Saturday morning, we're going to go once, we're going to go on a good ride, we're going to go to I used to do horse stuff, I know auctions. Um, <laughs> horse stuff. I heard Catherine Great did okay. that too. These are my friends. Okay, Saturday afternoon. Okay, Jameson. You're careful of the worst. Yay! Hi. I can go around the other side. That's totally fine. Okay, cool, great. Uh, so I did a little bit of Saturday morning. I didn't actually play any games, unfortunately. I just hawked all of my 5e stuff. So I just took it, took it to the dealer hall, flea market, five dollars per book. Just got rid of them all. So hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but yes, in the afternoon, I got to play this uh, the play test with a few other people that are here. And there's apparently going to be a LARP of it tomorrow. We're way up in there. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a LARP of it tomorrow night at 8 that I'm excited to play. I made like a, like a weird nerd. I know that's What's way out of character for someone like me, but What's I had fun. Called? That's a very good question. Don't ask me that. It's called Caladrius Academy. It's called Caladrius Academy, of course. That's what it's called. Uh, if you haven't heard about it, you should look it up. It's really, really good. But yeah, no, I had a lot of fun. So it was good stuff. 
Amazing. I love that all of it, like, so many people are branching into the LARP thing. I might have to let, no, there's no time. So, <laughs> listen, you, you can't start writing a new game until you finish this one. What about the other two I'm working on right now? Shh. Okay. What about the LARPs we have at home, Kitty? <laughs> okay. <The> <laughs> yes. So, uh, it, similarly, I was in Caladrius Academy. This actually was an exercise in creating characters that hopefully will then be played in the LARP tomorrow night. Uh, Mike, who has created this game with a couple of friends of his, uh, I played in... Uh, oh, man. Again. Round two, fight! Uh, I, I played in this last con, and uh, they, he's still been developing it over time. Um, but it is, essentially, the premise is, this is Wizarding School for Adults. Wizard, oh my! Well, yeah, kind of. the 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 premise is that adults playing kids can be a little creepy. So let's have adults play adults. Adult can be you can be eighteen, you can be eighty, when the magic reveals itself so to it's you. Wizarding community college. Yeah. It's wizarding private private so college. So I'm gonna translate yeah. for Jason who didn't have a mic. He says, "So it's wizarding community college." It's it's more like a private yeah. He, he it, doesn't. Yeah. It, <laughs> so it's Wizarding Community. Yeah, college. punk rock Kimmy. It, it, Let's go. It's. It. Ouch. Oh damn. It's it's more like it's more like Wizarding Liberal Arts College, uh, small liberal arts college. Uh, and so the wizards all end up with a lot of debt and no job prospects. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <Ooh>. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but something like that. But uh, the, the 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 premise of this setting is is fantastic. I mean, he he came he he and his friends were working on a LARP based on uh, White Wolf's Mage uh, game because White Wolf's version of the LARP for that uh, didn't exist, and when they came out with LARP rules, it sucked. So, um, and they were way too complicated. So uh, he's like, all right, well, we'll figure out a different way of, of doing this. And then, like, well, what if it were, like, at an academy where you could learn how to do this kind of stuff? Hey, you know, there's a franchise that, oh, no, no, we're not doing that. So, uh, <laughs> wait, no, we're not doing it. So we'll come up with something entirely different. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it, is, it is a fascinating concept of, of what you can what you can, how to make magic feel real and in the truly, you can affect the fabric of reality in any possible way. How do we do this in a LARP and a tabletop using the same rules? Well, one, you don't use dice. Two, you draw tiles from a bag, which works both in tabletop and LARP. Uh, it actually works really well. Yay! It actually works really well. In fact, it harkens back to like the origin, the origins of 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 D and D when like white box you were pulling tiles from a bag. So, ooh, I like this game. <laughs> Keep talking. But yeah, no. It, but it, it, but it is it it is fascinating. We spent about two, almost three hours creating the characters, uh, and then got through and then got through some individual vignettes to sort of uh, introduce the characters to the world. Uh, no, that was part was fun. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Uh, uh, some of us created sort of pastiches of ourselves, Joey. Ooh. Joey. Yay! <laughs> Yay! 
so I would like to invite Joey up to talk about his character. Boo! I will take your booze. Booze are just applause from ghosts. Yay! I will take your booze. Booze are just applause from ghosts. So yeah, I basically, because I can't help myself, when I'm playing a new game, I'm going to build a I bar. I drink a lot of ghost applause. <laughs> I hate you so much. No, I, I basically built a bard. Uh, he was the classic douchebag with a guitar. I know. not but So a bard, but not a normal bard for me. No, douchebag with a guitar. My nickname for musician. Him, we figured out his nickname Unlikable was... A likable musician. We, we figured out his nickname was Wonderwall. Wonderwall. And my guitar's name was Delilah. It's... Yeah. So you don't want to hear about my character. I want to bring someone up who's his first time at a con ever yeah. ever Yay. so i am i have fulfilled my blood oath i have brought in fresh blood stop bothering me jim um <laughs> uh so hello what's your name and what makes you famous and why do you like lord of the rings so much uh my name is brandon um i'm famous because i'm friends with joey nestra joey nestra Oh, I lost track of where we were. I, uh, um, uh, and I like Lord of the Rings so much because uh, men should give each other forehead kisses. Every day. Uh, also, uh, I should start washing my forehead. <laughs> I think I was asked about the game I played today. Yes. Uh, I was back there talking to Clara about other things. Uh, what is a specific question? What about the character you created? Yes. Uh, okay, so we went in and um, the, the <laughs> and did the game. And uh, the gentleman was there. Uh, what was his name? Mike. Mike. Mike was there. He had a new game system to uh, tell us about, which was kind of based on like adult wizard college. And yeah. I looked through the list of what are they called um, foundational, foundation foundations and qualities. Yeah. Foundations, yeah, foundations. And one of them was affinity for cryptids. Oh, yeah. And that that was the thing that sparked my imagination because I specifically know somebody that's all over that character class. <laughs> yeah, because I had like a, a whole period where all I could do was watch Bigfoot documentaries. <laughs> I watched so many of them. And so I decided that my character in this game, just based on that one thing, was a Bigfoot hunter. Um, and he just like lived in tents. And he never called it Bigfoot. He, he refers to it as the primate, because that's what they all call it. <laughs> he was all obsessed with the Patterson-Gimlin film, which is the uh, famous Bigfoot Sideways looking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so my character was, was just became that. His name is Ronnie Puckett. He In has relation a, to Kirby? No, that's what they all said. <laughs> and I looked, at, I looked at them when they said that, and I went, no. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a very ill-tempered... Oh, oh no, one of the, one of the other... Uh, not foundations. It was a quality. One of the, I, took, I took a quality that was um, 
Doolittle. It was called Doolittle. I took the second level, which means I get an animal companion. Yes. No. That was a bit Appalachian-ish. Uh, but so uh, that gave me an animal companion, which I decided was a Jack Russell Terrier that was very, very ill-tempered and mean. And her name was Missy. <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, and uh, uh, what was the next thing I was going to say? Dog. My dog, my dog, Missy, the ill-tempered Jack Russell Terrier. And, huh? Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> ignore him, we do. Yeah, just yeah. And, uh, uh, and so that, that just like, by the, based on one little prompt, I built that whole character. And, <laughs> and uh, the, the uh, Mike's uh, vignette. I wizard. loved his vignette with you. That was yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah, he, he awesome. basically, his, his like NPC like headmaster character came to me in the woods to be like, you're a wizard, Ronnie. And, <laughs> and, uh, and. You're looking for this, uh, the, the primate, right? I was looking for the primate. Why yes. are you looking for the primate? Well, because uh, I want to understand the primate. I want to know the primate. I want to understand like what's going on. And also I think the government's uh, uh, covering it up for me. And uh, so anyway, he shows up. Jeremy, I think it's okay. Come on out. Yeah, he introduces me to like a little, a little hairy guy who is like maybe like a small Bigfoot. Um, medium foot. He's a medium foot, and and he's intelligent. And they were like, "Hey, uh, would you like it?" People came and took pictures of you, and I was like, "Well, I think it's an animal, so I don't think it would mind." And they're like, "Well, what if, what if they think you're an animal?" And then he shows me Jeremy, who's a small Bigfoot. And he's like, hey, I'm Jeremy. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I didn't realize that you were sapient. <laughs> Thank you for using that term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Sentience, not the same. Yeah. Thank you. Gotcha. No, I got you. Uh, and, and then he's like, oh, by the way, Ronnie, uh, try to, like, try to, like, extinguish this fire um, with your magic powers. And I did it. And then I said, I'm the cryptid. <laughs> And Mike turns to Misty and says, "What did he say?" He says, I, I, "It's okay. You can talk to him now." Oh yeah, and then 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 Missy talked to me, and that was very. <laughs> and honestly, like the idea of a dog talking to me almost made me cry right there, <laughs> in the room. So I had to be very glib, or I was going to burst into tears. But yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. So that's that's that. There we go. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> we didn't know. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Moving on. So that game, by the way, that is going to be run again tomorrow at 2 to create more characters for the LARP at 8 p.m. Oh. The, the, the tabletop will be run again at 2 okay. for the LARP at 8. At 8. Are you required to do both? No. no. Okay. But the character you build it to... You, you can play at 8. Can be, but doesn't have to be. Okay. I feel like I need better wardrobe. Joey set a bar. No costumes required. Required? I set every bar. Very low. <laughs> you can just step right over that one, Kimmy. Excellent. Joey, Joey, Joey come here a second. Joey, just come here a second. Just, so just, just so starting to LARP is what I need to do, because definitely what I need to do. Oh, I, I need to pack more things for a convention. It's not even March yet. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking? We're, we're a kerfuffle. Okay. Uh, more Saturday afternoon games. Saturday afternoon games. Come on down! 
We're fine with coming multiple times. Here we go. I'm back. Hi. Um, it's me again. Uh, so uh, my afternoon game, uh, I ran a game that I'm in the process of designing. Yay! Uh, which is, it was really, it was very informative and very fun. Um, um, so the game is, it, uh, I don't know if anyone knows what belonging outside belonging is. Yes! Okay, good. Um, some people know. Uh, it's basically rules light token exchange story focused system. Um, and I'm made a I'm making a game called Extraordinary in it, which is about kids with extraordinary powers on the run from danger in the ordinary world. Maximum ride, Percy Jackson, Animorphs I hear. So yeah, that's 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 the vibes. Um, and I got to play with you, and uh, with Tomes, and uh, with uh, Mo, uh, uh, Tomes and Mo from the uh, Story Games Glendale group, which is another great another great community. This is a great community, and um, and like it was just it was fun. Uh, we ended up doing like a weird semi-post-apocalypse setting. Like the baseline setting is like modern-day contiguous United States. But we were like, what if it was New York? But there's a weird forest growing everywhere. And I went, Tomes, um, have you been playing Wild Sea? And he was like, maybe. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's go. And um, it's also GM-less, so like we we're coming up with everything together. So it was a lot of like throwing stuff and then being like, that sounds fun. How can oh, we nice. work this in? Um, and like we were a bunch of kids all connected to this the verdant is what we called it this like growth of like the um, like some tech companies started making plants grow to help the earth and then they started getting over the like, escape the control <laughs> the verdant escaped the control of the tech company and the government was like we gotta we gotta hunt down we gotta burn the verdant down and like and then we gotta hunt anything that's touched by the verdant and we were guess what guess what the kids were um and so like um like the big thing is like oh we're extraordinary so it's the juxtaposition between like our powers and also how we stick out from the norm against like the ordinary what is perceived as ordinary there's the danger which was like the rangers is what we call them <laughs> they're the they're the yeah we should have called them Danger Rangers. You're right. Um, we just called well, them the Rangers. Ranger they had um, entirely skin-tight green spandex suits and big oh. Ranger hats. Um, that was that was Moe's like, idea. So it was Power Ranger Danger. Yeah. Well, or no, like, it was. Like Timothy Dalton Flash Gordon Danger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the Rangers showed up at some point. Um, I was playing a werewolf, except I also there was cat and bear stuff in there too. So it was like all the all the canine stuff. Um, and then no one ever asked who. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, Mo was uh, the child of the tech person uh, who like whose blood could grow plants. And then Tomes was a biokinetic like little twelve year old who could control things and that uh, control. Um, biological matter and then uh you were god i'm forgetting what was your the moon dust, moon dust. yes you were the feral do and, a moon about it um first woman on the moon came back had a baby and that baby was kind of weird and it was awesome <laughs> um and we we were so, I'm so sorry <laughs> my god himmel this person some respect oh no um, Shenanigans, don't worry. You're yeah, fine. so um, the yeah, we just we had a blast. Um, it was like it was 
Um, you were new to the system, uh, so that was fun to learn, and then uh, it was just fun. Anyway, I feel like I'm going on too long. <laughs> Here you go. You're fantastic. We love you. Thank you. No, uh, yeah, no, no. Yes. Um, we are going to actually pause for just a moment. We'll come back to that game because I want to, Elspeth, you had your hand up a few minutes ago, and I, I passed by it, so I apologize. Yeah, you've got a time limit, so we want to, speaking of, uh, yeah, uh, people who have children, <laughs> even on the moon. That's right, because I'm the kind of person who brings a seven-year-old to this. <laughs> hey, Bill is very special. <laughs> he's, he's taller than he looks. He's a seven-leap-year-old. <laughs> It's true. Hi, I'm Elspeth, and I am famous for accidentally giving side-eye to people I don't even notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. Feel um, the judgment. It's true. I played, um, I played in Dave's Given This Afternoon, and I just want to say, it was a Saturday afternoon game, and I just wanted to say, I played in Dave's Game This Afternoon. It was called Electric State. Seven of us on a Ford Econoline tour. And it's good because there wasn't room for eight. Um, I enjoyed playing the scientist, persecuted for neural research. And I tried hard to remember what we knew back in 95 about <laughs> brain biology <laughs> because this was very important for some reason or other. But it's a fantastic game. We had our van broke down in some podunk town, and we got stuck in a Dollar General, and there were a lot of creepy people trying to make us go to church, which reminded me of childhood for some really weird reason, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we had no combats, and really almost nothing happened, but it was an awesome four hours. <laughs> So thank you. So can I explain the game a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can just leave it at that. That's fine. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I promise it's not Seinfeld the game. Uh, but uh, so Electric State is the very newest game for Free League Publishing. Some people on that listen to this podcast might know that I enjoy free league games and encourage other people to enjoy their games so I can keep doing that also. For those of us who don't follow publishers, uh, what else have they done? Free League is known for Tales from the Loop, ah. Things from the Flood, Symborum, Aliens, uh, Aliens The uh, One Ring. I just finished Blade Runner game on Happy what? Jacks, uh, and, and others, many others. What? The One Ring. And the One Ring. I didn't run that, so I wasn't going to talk about it. Even though I'm wearing the fucking shirt. Yeah, I'm like, you're wearing the shirt of the campaign. You're not going to mention it? But, uh, it no. Um, uh, <laughs> so, Electric State is their new RPG, also based on the amazing art from Simon Stalinhog that did all the art for Tales from the Loop. Um, and it's... It's almost like a bunch of game designers in Sweden live in my brain. Because I grew up in a family with two teachers as parents, and every summer turned into months-long road trips. And yeah. this game is about a post-apocalypse road trips through California. Yeah. Right? 
Yes. Uh, so it is it is a fascinating game idea because it's an RPG where the players don't have a home base. They're on the road the entire time. And it's about going from point A to point B and the the interesting character dynamics that can develop among a group of people that are traveling together and the weird-ass shit that can happen when they have to stop. Oh, my God. This game is based in a United States that had a second civil war in 1975, concluded in 1985 with the dissolution of the Union, and California has now become Pacifica. Everything is slowing and slowly sliding into dissolution of civilization, in part because of this decade-long war that happened here, and because someone invented, essentially, a VR based on 70s and 80s tech using a magnetic cathode ray tube that shoots beams into your brain instead of an LCD screen that makes you think you're seeing stuff, you're actually seeing it because it's now in your brain mechanics. I saw that episode of Next Generation. And this is a bad idea because it turns out it's horrendously addictive. What? And people put on these VR helmets and then forget to log off to eat. And so they die. So the world is filled with folks that have just mummified themselves in their homes with VR rigs on. Um... (laughs) But, uh, so, things are devolving, right? Like, like, nothing can hold the glue of civilization together if people are just not around. And the players in this game, first off, I am so delighted because I've already loved Free League's game system. And this new iteration is even simpler in some degree because they've entirely done away with skills. This is... All just an attribute system. You just roll some dice. If you get sixes, you have a success. That's great. But, uh, fucking, <laughs> fucking booze and yays are killing me, boys. All right. What's great is that nobody who's watching this from yeah. uh, the, the stream yeah. can hear the booze and yays. Yeah. You have no idea what you're not missing. No, no. Um, but uh, the idea that this is a road trip game fascinates me. They also have iterated on their connections to other players system where you have tensions with other players. Because if you're on a 15, 16-hour possible road trip across California, the person in the car that chews with their mouth open might drive you insane Mm -hmm. and slowly just bother you. And every time you work on this tension with another player, you can regain... Like, if you improve the situation by being, will you just shut your fucking mouth and chew? Uh, Maybe it makes your life feel better and you gain more hope. Uh, Or these tensions can grow amongst the players as you play. And it's just a fascinating character take in a way that I'm really enjoying so far. And this is entirely based on the alpha PDF of their Kickstarter that just came out weeks ago. Um, Yay. I didn't have to fudge this into an Aliens Chasing Children game. Uh, so, um, but I like so far, this is shaping up. It might be my favorite Free League game. Wow. I'm very Yay. excited. The art is so creepy and so evocative. 
Um, my players today, their big bad was essentially uh, in the VR space, AIs have started to develop on their own. And an AI developed and appeared to a congregation of people that gathered in VR to have community time and appeared, appeared to the pastor of this church as the angel Gabriel. And convinced this congregation to slowly gather parts and build a giant mech of, for it to be in physical space also. Hey. <laughs> uh, with the congregation all attached via wires that wander around and shuffle like tentacles of an octopus and explore the world for it. Uh, super creepy, super evocative. Um, I encourage you to check out the art of the electric state because it's a delight. Uh, and I, I can't predict the future, but I would expect to see this game appear on this network again. So, so my, my question is, has this one been optioned for an Amazon Prime anthology series also? It has been optioned by the Russo brothers for a feature film. Oh, shit. <laughs> on Netflix, yeah. I was, yeah. I was genuinely curious. Yeah, now, literally so, anything that's a good IP gets snapped up immediately for te- television movies, <laughs> like immediately. So it is. It it's gonna be a big thing, and so far this game is a delight, and I can't wait to see more about it. Especially given how much we love the One Ring Journey mechanic. Now turn that into a post-apocalypse road trip with your friends in a car. Oh my gosh! Yes, like, it's pretty good. It's a very good mechanic. How did your players do? My players. <laughs> okay, I feel like the fact that the players started the conversation is probably a good sign. Yeah. So, well, really, a prompt? So, is that what you do to get people to write things in fourth grade? <laughs> oh. <okay. laughs> like f- through all uh, of a adulthood. deck of seventy-eight cards that all have two prompts each. You're allowed to be proud of yourself, Kimmy. I know, I know, but I hate and love you all. Oh, keep talking about Dave's game. So, Dave's game. So, I had a delightful time with all of my players. Why don't some of those players come up and talk about the time they had? Ooh, that feels like I'm a rubber in your glue. <laughs> now you get to be snarky on Mike. It's exciting. People can hear it. Hi, I'm Brian. I, uh, I know Kimmy, a Emmy, gold, Emmy award-winning game designer. Um, so, yeah, I got to say, Dave's game was great. I got to play Brian, a... Uh, up like, this. like this? Right up in there, yeah. Oh, like Kimmy does it. Okay, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I got to say, I had, I had a, a wonderful time playing Dave's game. I got to play a, uh, a drone pilot. So my body was in Nevada, and I'm piloting this little, uh, like, mech robot guy. Um, and I had this whole backstory about how I had to, you know, guard this scientist who had the cure for this horrible disease. But I decided that that my little robot guy looked like Bob's big boy. So he's this, you know. Yeah, Kurt. Jeez. So yeah, so my my little mech looked like Bob's big boy, and and he was a delight. I mean, he was very helpful to everybody, and you know, they seemed really ungrateful. I thought. Listen, yeah. One, one second. Hey, Joey. He played a mech in my game today 
that was the spiritual successor to Taffy the bartender from Blade Runner. For those of you that didn't watch, I based Taffy the Bartender off of the neighbor from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Fuck Taffy the Bartender. That just was this, this angry New Jersey resident. Carl. Carl, yes. Okay, I didn't I'd do that on purpose. But yeah, no, it fits. I mean, yeah, he was, he, he had one job. He had to guard the people. And then, you know, he kind of had an accent like this. I mean, he was sort of like, you know, people sometimes need to be guarded when they don't really want to be guarded. And then you have to stand real close to them and just stare. Because they might do something that might need to be protected from. And throughout the whole game, Brian kept going to check on random people they encountered. (laughs) And he was like, now imagine Bob's big boy peering over the pass at a diner, looking at the cook in the back like, hey, how's it going in there? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, No, it was exactly like that. It was like, so, how's it going in the kitchen? It's a a nice burger you're making. Wish I could eat. Yeah, Adam, you got to tell them about your character, though. Yeah, Brian's character was, like, as creepy as Burger King, but the size of Chucky, so it was extra horrible. Uh, yeah. What? Chucky? Small? No, no, not that Chucky. Like, not that he small. Was like, he was, like, three, three, three and a half foot cheese. tall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Chuck yeah. Cheese. Oh, okay. No, I... Yeah. Charles Entertainment. No, yes. no, no. He was three feet tall, and he was Bob's big boy, and he was creepy as fuck. It was awful, uh, but it was great. Um, no, this was a fantastic game. I had so much fun, and like we were really worried a little bit at first because like we had seven players, and and we were like, oh, is this gonna work? Uh, but we were like, let's have a big van, and it's fine. Um, but, but you know, we we also had a table that was really good at like all the players were good at like sharing spotlight, and so nobody was like forcing themselves into the scenes, except Brian. And nobody was, like, really trying to hog the spotlight, except Brian. And um, nobody was really, like, uh, irritating everybody else, except Brian. Uh, so, you know, so it was great. No, no, I'm just kidding, Brian. You were wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was your goal, and it was fine. No, but it's it's a really fun system. I played the runaway kid. I uh, had a blast playing, like, the petulant teenager. It was awesome. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, and in the game, so, yeah. Oh. Oh, this, oh, okay, all right. Usually when things are dripping on me, I, I'm not going to finish that sentence. No. Uh, <laughs> college. Um, no, uh, but no, I, I played the petulant teenager, and it was a blast, and, like, we just had a really great time. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, highly recommended. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with it, especially, like, having played One Ring and having played uh, Tales from the Loop and uh, several times. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to what's going to come out of this system. It's going to be a lot of fun. What's um, the again? Free League. Free League. Uh, electric State. Electric State was the name uh, of the game. And yeah. it's an iteration on their Year Zero engine yeah, that they yeah. have used before. But yeah. now it's just down to four attributes. Yeah, uh, yeah. No skills Sup- at all. Super, super simple character creation. Uh, like, we took an hour to do it, but mostly because we were talking about our character interactions. Not Like, the, yep. sis- the actual generation of the characters took, like, ten minutes. And then we spent another 50 minutes in between, like, talking about how our characters would work together. And it's, yeah, it's really blast. The thing that delights me about this is even in the little part of an introductory adventure that they included in the Alpha PDF, it literally continues to say, what? Why are you 
Okay. Well, I guess we don't need to talk to you anymore. Sorry, bud. <laughs> I'm the newbie. But it's all about getting rid of the newbie. <laughs> I, I got but <laughs> but the, uh, even in the introductory adventure, yeah. it specifically encourages the GM to not rush things. Yeah, yeah. To just sit back, let your characters be in a car for hours together. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. let them play off of each other. Like, all yeah. of the annoyances that being in a car with seven other people might encourage. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just play yeah. that for a while. Yeah, and we had a lot of fun, like, being irritated with each other. But, like, in this very, like... There's nothing we can do about it way. Like, we're all going to get through it. But, oh, my God, why are you still talking kind of thing? It was a blast. Yeah. And the, the one of the, like, I'd call it like a control knob that GMs have in this game is that you set up with your... If you're playing a campaign, you'd set this up as with the character. After they make their character, you talk about what your goals are and why you might be going on this journey. And then the GM gets to develop a countdown clock for each character. And it starts with something rather innocuous that might tie into your backstory. So in yeah. the case of Adams, his came up in the game in that he was a runaway kid. And they're driving down the highway and this old 1970s green AMC yeah. pacer pulls up next to them with the Pacifica Social Services sticker on the side driven by the social worker that has yeah, placed him in yeah. inadequate care yeah. previously. I've never been so frightened of a lady in a green pacer. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it was terrifying. I was um, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my but God. But each character had little triggers that I could activate as they were driving down the highway. Uh, another player played a criminal that had escaped prison. Uh, so one of their countdown triggers was a couple of CHP guys are sitting under a bridge in the shade on a hot day. And maybe they're on the lookout. Maybe yeah. they're not. Who knows? Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> People are shuffling around in this van to try and hide from the windows. And, yeah. Uh, it, I, yeah. I can't say enough positive things about this game, yeah. even just based on the alpha PDF. Yeah. For an alpha PDF, it was really, is really solid. Like, it felt so well developed. And yeah, so I think it went really well. Oh my God, there's a trash can behind me. So um, I want to say two things real quick. Um, uh, first of all, Kelly, you mentioned Maximum Ride, uh, Percy Jackson, and Animorphs all in the same reference. And so you and I need to be new best friends. Um, <laughs> also, I live in Glendale. So <sighs> yay. So, okay. My new best friend. Uh, and also, um, I want to say, like, I started out my morning spending time at the Happy Jacks RPG booth talking to people. And one of the things that I saw there that is super amazing is there are actual physical copies of Demigods yeah! by Jason Mills. Now, they're not available for sale yet because they just came. I know, I know. But because they just, the Kickstarter people need to get their copies yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to let all of Jason's Kickstarter fans know you're going to get them before anybody else gets to. Uh, but we're all really excited. I don't have to wait for mine in the mail. Uh, so, uh, so I'm very excited about that. But yeah, uh, so Demigod's hard copies are coming into your life soon. Uh, you're going to really love it. It looks fucking phenomenal. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Golden it, Annie Award eligible demigods for your consideration. Yeah. yeah. Star skates up this year. Uh, <laughs> I, I, 
I had questions for Dave, <laughs> damn it. Anyway, yeah, uh, so that's it for me. Thank Dave's you. not here. Dave's not okay, here, man. Um, so uh, in true role-play game fashion, uh, the timers have been set. We've, spl- we've now sprung three separate leaks during our show. Uh, we've so- sprung nothing. It's people on the third floor. Okay, um, if people have That's sprung, I don't want to have that discussion. But there are now three leaks above our heads uh, after dark. Uh, so uh, last super call, quick call, games? Yes. Now you, ha-ha. Ampersands, we bring you from the chat into real life. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Who are you and what do you do Who that makes you, you famous? What makes you famous? Um, I'm Jason. I'm one of the other Jasons. I can stand up in the front. I'm another Jason, but not one of the Happy Jacks Jasons. But you we can are? we can team up. Well, I'm you on are the, now. Uh, I'm on the Discord. You are now. You are now. Absolutely. As as Ampersands. Yes. Hi. Hi. Uh, and uh, I don't know what I'm famous for right now, but uh, d- not getting wet. Hopefully, because I'm, I uh, <laughs> work. <laughs> But uh, I've only played one game today, but it was uh, at uh, the pickup games of Vixie Bell who of Pocket Dragon Games, uh, and also, I think, in the Discord now. Um, closer, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Um, the, uh, but Vixie ran uh, The Excellence, uh, plural of ex- The Excellent, um, which is everyone is a magical princess pulled into a magical dimension. Uh, very much like yes (laughs) Uh, kind of like Adventure Time but uh, and regardless of gender you're a princess which is great Uh, and it's so uh, I was late so I just grabbed a pre-gen I was the princess of lasers you have to be a princess of something the other two characters um, not feel well the other two characters the princesses of punk and the princess of death some of the other pre-gens include the princess of tomatoes and the princess of maple syrup and now I kind of wish I had Picked one of those to. I think play you mean Malathith. But it's yes, lasers was good. So um, yeah, so <laughs> no, it's really good. So if you look at the the uh, the book cover, there's um, my, the my pre-gen character is on the book cover. She's got a pink laser sword, and I was like, yeah, pink laser sword, let's go. So uh, no, it was great. So you uh, we spent time talking about like what was the who's the big bad evil person of the of the world and uh, it was uh, the brain miser who was a brain in uh, in a fishbowl uh, who had flying tuna minions uh, <laughs> out of can out of can although although <laughs> like a thousand pound fucking fish flying around beat you up a lot of flying tunas although their two henchmen were Charlie. Uh, and Ariel, so, uh, and so we basically started, and it was a two-hour game. So we just started at the like storming the castle, the big bad, and uh, so we had Spike, who who started off with her guitar or their guitar, and uh, we, we the mic into the mic. Thank you. Uh, it's gonna drift. I'm sober. Am I supposed to be on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we can make up for you. you. <laughs> yeah, this is well, we're trying. Um, but it's uh, the uh, the. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we so yeah we we stormed the castle, uh, fought the fish. We had one. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, thank you. Um, the most perilous. Happy this Jack's is. Budget. I feel like this is now like the Happy Jacks obstacle course. This is this is really good. Um, but Happy it's, Jack's and I, I, I do it again immediately. American Ninja Happy Jack. 
<laughs> American Ninja Happy Jacks okay. is Adam. This is great. Uh, so yeah, so we so that's actually kind of what it was. I kind of DDR'd over a bunch of flying fish and then led some to the moat. Uh, we had our uh, punk princess play the guitar and, and hit him with a magical whammy, and uh, our death princess snuck up and then got caught and said. And Brain Miser's like, what are you doing? And she, oh, I'm just trying to give you a hug because you're having a bad day or about to. Um, you know. <laughs> um, I, my character was the smart one, and I figured out how to break the fishbowl, and our punk princess did it. Uh, the death princess felt bad about it and rolled the brain into the moat, but then the tuna, the flying tuna in the moat started a feeding frenzy, and we're like, oh, wait a minute. Well, that happened. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, there we go. And and uh, we had the the orders had been given to. We were trying to get the magical. This is the other thing. The like the there, one of the things you have to do to define the world is to find the shiny thing. What's the currency? What's the thing that people value? What is the thing that the big bad is get, uh, going for? And uh, the big bad was uh, it was it was uh, recipe cards. And then we decided they had to be tuna casserole recipe cards. Like when they find out, and that's they did. They found out at some point. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna take damage here at some point. <laughs> yeah, step over. Let me come over here. So there we go. And and yes, no, it was really fun and it was a, uh, an interesting. Oh, what happened? I had a crown that had rubies that could shoot lasers, and I did that to Ariel as she was uh, preparing the uh, escape vehicle. Um, but I, but I, Ariel was the other henchman, uh, a mermaid. A mermaid. At this point, I'm I'm skipping ahead, but Ariel well, Ariel was fighting Spike like the Punk Princess, who and it was going badly. So I said, "Punk's not dead," and I fired lasers at Ariel. <laughs> and I told and I told everybody, "I'm like, you've never seen Laura, my character, Laura, do this. Uh, we don't know what it looks like." And Vixie's like, "Oh, well, it's kind of like the Death Star firing up, just out of your crown, and it obliterates." And I rolled really well, and it obliterated. Ariel's head and the little bits on the punk princess. Uh, she had it coming. coming. Yeah, I mean, she had turned into like the type of mermaid that had like fangs and scales and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my character's like, oh, is that how that works? Noted. Went back into the ship and we found the recipe card, saved it with the death princess's necromancy because it was, it was damaged. And I said, great, if you're done with that, there's a dead mermaid if you want some extra credit. Um, and and we did it. We say we brought it back, and and apparently, actually, she was like, "Yeah, get her," and raised her from the dead. <laughs> you know, there we go. Uh, it was a it was a it was a spaceship. It was it was a flying craft that looked like a manta ray, and it was a mermaid. Uh, and the they were supposed to be. We we stopped Brain Miser from escaping. So this is called the Excellence. It is um, the same. It's uh, ninth level games. I, f I found out ninth level games. Everyone, everyone I've talked to said, "Oh yeah, they just published a new game called Nancy Druid," and I'm like, "That's the best name, Nancy Druid." And so that's a good one. Anyway, there we go. Yeah, uh, ninth level games makes amazing stuff. Uh, they're uh, all women are werewolves is literally one of the most beautiful decks of cards I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and it just... Stunning, stunning game. And so fun to play. I well, Ninth Level Games is one of those people I'm like, Hi, I'm a game designer too. I 
be. And they're like, oh, you're so nice. I'm like, yeah, hi. Hi, you know who I am. That's so exciting. I'm like, ah. Yeah, so. By the way, just to prove that I was listening, I am absolutely introducing a druid into my D&D game named Nancy. Yes, absolutely. That's fucking brilliant. It's a good name. It's the sort of name you're like, ah, oh, why didn't I think of that? But that's the one game I've been in, and then I came here. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. All right, so. Um, I, had, I had a couple of quick questions for Dave about his game before he disappeared. Okay, well, Sorry. hold on. Okay. So I love everyone, and we are calling back. Yeah, that we are we're calling back to the podcast of your at over two hours, at almost two and a half hours now. We started late. Go us. No, no, that is that is actual runtime. That is not since like we were supposed to start. That is actually since start time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're tired. We love you. We are burning out. Does anyone have like who has? Yeah. No, no, no. I want yeah, and I want to prioritize. What? Yeah, but second. I want to prioritize people who haven't told stories yet, which is why I'm going to have you wait. I'm good. Okay, so let's have this story first. Last, we will end. We will end on this, friends, with both of you telling parts of it. Yes, go. Oh, well, I have a, I, all I wanted to say was, I got to try belonging outside belonging today for the first time ever with Cody running it, and one, I was able to finally wrap my head around it by the end. And two, if you ever get a chance to play in a game that Cody is running, absolutely run, do not walk, and play in that game. Up, up. Not to mention, it's a game that they are designing, and you need to look it up and get it, because Extraordinary is Extraordinary, and everyone will know about it. Yes, amazing. <laughs> Welcome to Happy Jacks. Welcome. Good. Let it out. We, we laugh really hard, we yell at each other, and then we cry and hug each other. This is, this is the brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and drink, and drink a lot. <laughs> it can um, happen in any order, too. You never know. Yeah, you never know. It switches, like, at any time. Uh, awesome. So, uh, last call, friends? Last call? All right, okay. That's some dirty words. Yeah. <laughs> last call? I mean, okay. Yeah, you don't, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but we're all going down to the bar and to Games on Demand, so we can't stay here. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us for Season 33, Episode 11 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. <laughs> yeah. This has been a wild podcast. For those of you just listening, um, there's now a assortment, assortment of trash cans that are all catching water. So when we say obstacle course, there's literally like stuff we have, like obstacles that we have to go around to do the podcast. It's uh, Frogger, the real yeah, game. It is. Um, so uh, my name is Kimmy. I am Kadeve. I'm Kurt. I'm Jay, also known as Neofet3 on the socials. I'm Jason. He's been running our board tonight, and this is our live studio audience. Um, we are very excited to be here at OrcCon 2024. We hope to see you at the next con here at the beautiful LAX Hilton. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you all for joining us. If you're still listening, you're a very patient person. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.